What's good, everybody? It's your man, Big Don, coming at you with a True Players Podcast, episode 19. Um, what we're going to talk about today is um, the G- G- Giants' um, recap of, la- of their last game against the Redskins, as well as their um, review for this game today against the Titans and what they should do. And also, um, I'm going to talk about the Jets' recap of both the Bills as well as the Texans' game that happened yesterday. And also, we're going to get into a lot of um, Met Hot Stove and moves that Brody Van Wagen has made. Um, we're going to start off with the Giants first. Um, the Giants are playing the Titans at MetLife Stadium at 1 p.m. today. Um, looks like Eli's, Eli may have bought himself another year with the Giants. Um, due to his great play, the Giants had won four out of five games since the bye, since their bye. And, um, I mean, he's playing better because he has be- he had a bit of offensive line in front of him to protect him. He's able to make the reads he needs to make and make some, make some plays. And um, also, you know, um, OB, um, Odell Beckham Jr. is out for the second game in a row. He, won't be, he will not be playing against the Titans. Um, he was out against the, the Redskins also. And basically, the Giants beat the Redskins. It was over, over from the first quarter on. The final score was... Uh, the final score was 40-16. Uh, Hold on one second, people. I have a little... Sorry about that. Yeah, the, the final score was 40 to 16. <laughs> As you hear in the background, I'll also talk about the Knicks also. But yeah, um, yeah, the Giants beat the Redskins 40 to 16. Um, the game was over over since the first quarter. Uh, for, um, Mark Sanchez threw a pick six early in the game, and that pretty much set, pretty much set the tone. And this game was all about Saquon Barkley. He had 14 carries, 170 yards, and a TD. Um, one a big run. A big run that scored his TD. Um, he's playing great. Um, he's third in the league in rushing be, um, behind Eli- um, Ezekiel Elliott. And um, he's playing very well. The, I think he's going to be the, he's the face of the franchise, not OBJ. Saquon is the man. Also, um, during the game against the Redskins, Ingram had three receptions for 77 yards. Eli Manning was 14 of 22 for 197 yards and three TDs. Um the Redskins um, couldn't move couldn't move the ball with Sanchez at quarterback, so they went to Josh Johnson, who came in and uh, got the Redskins moving. Uh, they scored 16 points in the fourth quarter, uh, something that I'm not too um, too happy about because the Giants' defense is, is uh, uh, they're not good enough, and I think it probably cost them and probably cost them a, a, a playoff run in the end because they had leads against the Eagles. They blew that. They almost blew the lead against the Bears. And end up winning in overtime. The defense is not that good. I understand you. you there's a new, new, no new defensive alignment. They went from a four-three to a three-four, but I think close to the end of the season, you expect to see some improvements and adjustments made to that new defensive scheme. I just haven't seen it. Is it because of the bad secondary? Maybe. Is it because um, you have linebackers who can't cover tight ends? Maybe. But that's something that they have, they will have to take care of during the off season. To improve that and give this team a, a chance to win, the offense is good. As far as I'm concerned, other than just just improve the offensive line. Um, like I said, Josh Johnson came in and um, moved the Redskins about the field. He's going to be starting the next uh, this this week's game. Mark Sanchez didn't look like he was ready to play. Uh, 
it's hard to have a guy come off the uh, come off the um, come come off his couch to step in and play an NFL game. Yeah, Matt Barkley did against the Jets um, a few weeks ago, but you know that's once in a once in a once in a blue moon. And now I'm I'm going to talk about the Jets. Um, two games I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about the Bills game. They came from behind and won. Um, going for it on fourth down in the fourth quarter to get the win. Um, this is probably the first time I've seen Todd Bowles be a great coach to win a, win a football game in, in his four years of being as being a Jet coach. Um, but like I said, it's too late, too little, too late to save his job. He's going to be there's good, there will be a new coach in, um, for the New York Jets for next year. The offense looked much better with Darnold at quarterback, and um, you know that's the. We, uh, I just hope we don't see Josh McCown again this season. Um, now let's get to the uh, the Jets versus um, Texans game, which I, I watched that game from wire to wire yesterday. It was a very good game. I thought there was a point in the game that I thought the Texas Texas was going to pull away when it got up to sixteen to three in the second quarter, but um, Sam made a made a big um, two minute drill before halftime, gave the team some momentum. But the uh, the kicker Daniels um, missed the field missed the field goal, missed the extra point. And that's in the end really cost the Jets the game because those two points made a big difference. Instead of going, instead of going for possibly going for a game-winning field goal, they ended up have needing a touchdown to tie the game at the end of the game. Um, they were the Jets were without Isaiah Crowell, who's on IR with an ankle injury. Anuno is out for the game with the injury. Um, the Jets lost Brandon Shell during that game game yesterday when a teammate rolled up on his knee. It looked looked like it may look like a major injury. He could be out for a while. Um, but Darnold, you know, I like how he made some moves in the pocket. He created more time in the pocket, even though he's being rushed by J.J. Watt and Clowney. And Texas got a great pass rush. It was going to be a tough game for them, but they, the Jets nearly won the game and should have won the game, in my opinion. Um, but this is Darnold, is, Darnold is definitely the future of the New York Jets. There's no doubt in my mind that's, that's happening. What the Jets need to do is start um, get him a better, get him a head coach who can coach him better, as well as um, get more pieces around him to make this team successful. So that's that's what I'm gonna say about that. Like I said, it, it was disappointing to see them lose, but also you saw a lot of hope in their future as far as in the quarterback position. And now um, what I'm gonna do right now, I'm gonna speak about the uh, New York Knicks. They had lost five in a row up until they came back and beat the Hornets on Friday night. Um, they were down 21 points at halftime and 15 points by at, at the start of the fourth quarter. A lot of big contributions. Again, um, Emmanuel Moutier had dropped 34 points and pretty much was the focal man of the offense. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. didn't have a particularly good game, but he had made some big shots in the fourth quarter as well as um, overtime. An unsung hero is um, Cornette. He was on the he was on the team late last year and was playing the G League. But since the Knicks were without um, Trier, Dotson, and Burke, he was forced into um, into action. As well as Mitchell Robinson got injured in the first quarter, first quarter, twisting his ankle, and um, he was forced into action. and made some big shots, big shots in the fourth quarter, big three pointers, and big shots in the overtime. Also, Frank Nilakino also left the game with an injury to his leg. Also, so. That 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 was a big win. I, I was proud of the Knicks, but the one issue I have with the New York Knicks is they always have to they don't start fast enough. 
And they always, when it comes to the after the halftime, they start building this mount, this this comeback by playing defense harder, playing better defense, and playing with more effort when they're down by like 10, 15 points. This team's not good enough to come back from that from those deficits all the time. And I would just, I just, me personally, I'd like for them to see them start the game with that defensive intensity and keep the defensive intensity for the entire game. That's something that um, Fisdale is going to have to work on with the guys. It's great to see um, Courtney Lee back on the back playing again. I believe this was his third game back, providing good contributions, uh, all around contributions defensively, rebounding, assists, um, and just overall veteran leadership for this young team. And I, and you know, I'm glad to see the Knicks are improving and doing well. All right, now this is where this is the nitty gritty of my of this episode of the episode 19 of the True Players podcast. I'm gonna talk about Mets hot stove and the moves that Brody Van Wagenen has made. I know I promised you guys that I was gonna give you an episode where, in which what I would do if I was GM, but this guy's beating me to the punch. Um, as well as had some personal issues I had to deal with, as you know, through my previous um, episodes. So I wasn't able to give you guys that episode. But um, we're going to talk about Brody's moves here. Um, it was his first big move in the winter meetings in Vegas was he acquired uh, Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz from Seattle for Jay Bruce, Anthony Swarzak, and Gershon Bautista. In my opinion, this trade was all about Edwin Diaz. They just had, they just had to take um, on Cano's salary. The players, you know, they also give up uh, two um, top minor league players in that deal also, in which I thought it was a bit too much, considering you're taking on most of Cano's contract. Um, they, they, if you, they didn't need to give up all, as many prospects as they needed because they needed the prospects to try to get JT Real Muto. But another, but I'm glad that Anthony Swarzak is not on the team anymore when his $8 million contract. He was a, he was a bust. I don't think he was even good enough to even get earn that contract, to be honest with you. Jay Bruce, uh, I'm kind of 50-50 about him trading him as I, th- I felt he had a value to the Mets still. But I also understand that they're trying to go with the youth move- movement with um, Brandon Nemo um, in right field. And um, there's just rumors about Noah Syndergaard. They want to trade Noah Syndergaard. They, were, they had a three-team deal, which would have brought the, the Mets some JT Real Muto. Um, with the Yankees, Marlins, and Mets. Listen, Brody, don't try to trade Noah. Noah Noah's a New Yorker. He's Noah Syndergaard's a New Yorker. He shows a lot of heart. Yeah, he struggled the past few seasons, but with the right tutelage and hopefully his mind is right, he's healthy, 100% healthy. He'd be able to give us a great season. Um, the way you, the way the team is being built right now, they're built to win now, not later. They're built to win right now. And I think Noah Syndergaard is part of that future. You keep that rotation together with um, with Degrom, Wheeler, Syndergaard, Mats. You got yourself a very good rotation because it good rotation. Mats realizes realizes his potential and solidifies that that top four. I, I put my that top four against any team in the um, in the league. Any team in the league. As far as JT Realmuto. Um, I mean, I'm st- I would still like to, to have him on the team because he's the best catching, best catcher right now in baseball. Right now, he's not Johnny Bench. He's not um, Mike Piazza. He's not Gary Carter. None of those guys. But right now, he's he's the top line catcher in the league. Uh, 
I believe the Mets should do whatever it takes to um, get him within reason. I'm not trading Conforto anymore for him. I'm leaning toward Conforto, Nemo, or and um, Rosario. I'm leaning towards just trading Nemo because I, I believe Michael, Michael Conforto, is, Conforto is a better player and he's going to be a better run producer than Nemo. Um, I, I could see if I, I could see if I was a GM, I would do a package where I would try to use Nemo, um, trade Nemo and Rosario for Real Muto, and just to get the, just to um, get peak um, Jeter's interest and see what he thinks. Um, the problem is, you know, JT Raimondo is not the prime objective. I can live with um, signing um, Grandal, Wilson Ramos, or even re-signing Devin Mezzarocco. You need, a, you need a, a catcher who's a leader who could um, steer this pitching staff to the right direction. I felt that the, the pitch, pitching staff pitched even better when Mezzarocco came onto the team. And... Um, I've, and I felt that the team pitched a whole lot better, and it, there's only there's only one way to go up, improve, and do better. Um, but most importantly, you gotta you gotta keep your chips. If Real Moto, if if Jita wants a Kings man for J, JT Real Moto, just let him be. The team is fine where it is right now. I'm not in a rush trading Nemo. I'm not in a rush trading Rosario. But if the opportunity presented itself, you have to consider the opportunity of and the type of play you're getting back in return. You know? Let's just say for the sake of the argument they do end up trading uh Rosario and Re- Real Muto J- uh, Rosario and Nemo for Real Muto. That creates an opening in right field, creates an opening in um in center field, and it creates an opening in shortstop. Um the Mets got a a big time prospect in the Miley's called um his name is Jimenez, last name is Jimenez, who was touted as better as being um the Ahmed Rosario at shortstop. He may not be ready to come up right now, but at least you, at least you could sign a shortstop to, to be a stopgate stop gate for him. Um, you guys may want to kill me, but I say, why don't you just resign um, Jose Reyes for 500 grand, and he could be the stopgate up until up until um, Jimenez is ready to come up. Reason being is um, I, Jose Reyes may be at the end of his career, but I think him being focused on one position now. I think he'd be a, a much more focused offensive player, um, and he may may surprise us with a good, with a decent season. May surprise us with a decent season, and um, or you could just sign Tula Whiskey, who who just was released by the uh, the Blue Jays. But one concern about him, just like Reyes, is injuries, 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 and these guys are older now. So how soon, if they get injured, where do you, where do you go from there? So that's something the Mets, the Mets should consider. That's something I'm thinking about myself. And also Adam Jones of the Baltimore Orioles. He's a free agent now. And I think he should he could be a great um, pickup in center, to play center field for the Mets. I know he had some two bad down years. But, I, but considering the type of team he was playing for, maybe the motivation wasn't there. Maybe he needed a, a change of scenery. And I'm just hoping that the change of scenery will be able to bring him back to his all-star form. And um, perform for the Mets, and I think I believe the Mets should pursue that. Give him a decent contract and, and go from there. Then you got your said the fielder. You know, um, Jerris Familia was just re- was has is returning to the Mets with a three year, thirty million dollar contract. Fans are not happy with that. They call him a choke artist. They felt that um, he cost them the World Series. Let me tell you something. Jerris Familia only 
cost the Mets two playoff games. That the first playoff game they cost them was the game one in against Kansas City in the World Series when he quick pitch Alex, Alex Gordon, and also the the um the wild card playing game in 2016 when he gave up the home run, the three run home run. That broke the that broke the game open, in that fantastic duel between between Bumgarner and Syndergaard. Jerry Springer is 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 a, is a good reliever. The pressure pressure from pitching in the ninth inning is no longer there. That's Edwin Diaz's um job. And it's also good to have a backup backup there also, just in case Edwin Diaz can't handle the pressures of New York. Remember, he's come from Seattle, where he closed 51 games in Seattle, or 51 to 54 games in Seattle. He's coming to New York. It's a different different beast, different animal. It's good to have someone back there who's experiencing closing games in New York as a backup to him, in case he starts to falter. But I, I honestly don't think he will. Um, he has his buddy Cano with him to give him some guidance through the guidance through the uh of going through new york and um that's what i'm saying about that i'm i'm, I'm, I'm happy with the jerry's familiar signing the mess loss because um oversight by um by terry collins he didn't beating manage his best games in the world series that's the reason why the mess lost 20 the, the world series in 2015 and um, but Brody has said that this is he, this is it for him with the bullpen. But I think he needs to do more. Let's not finish there. If you're gonna you're gonna spend all this cash, you're gonna make these big deals. Just go for, go for it all. And they should still go after go after either Miller or Zach Britton at the sign of Familia. If you get one of those guys, and you got and you team up with Familia and Diaz for the seventh, seventh, eighth, and ninth inning with this pitching staff that you have here. Uh, sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. You got four capable starters who go six innings. You got Syndergaard, DeGrom, and Wheeler who will possibly go seven innings. The stress of the bullpen will not be as much as it would be on any other team because these, these starting pitchers will go deep into games. They're not here for five innings, six innings, and you pull them out. So I think that, I think that Brody needs to go for... I prefer to go to Andrew Miller. Because he's done it, he's done it in New York. Um, but if he gets either Miller or Britain to put him um, with Familia and um, Diaz, the mess will be in good shape. And only the thing, the thing, the thing I have here is one thing I like Brody to do is get try to find a way to get rid of Vargas and try to get to find a way to get rid of Frazier. They're useless to the team as it is right now. Even though they said Frazier is going to be start be the starting third baseman. In my opinion, they should have McNeil be the starting third baseman since he's been moved out of, out of um, second second base because of Cano. Move Neil to third base. Let him start the season there, and go from there. Why why mess with Frazier? He's he's a two twenty hitter. Who 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 just hits home runs? We don't we we have nothing. We have, I'm tired of that on this team. We need better players. We need guys who hit for average. Guys who hit hit doubles, home runs, and just drives in runs when when they need to be driven or driven in. The one thing that you know, the Brody and the Mets organization is is hell bent on having on Peter Alonso be the starting first baseman this year. My thing is great. If he does play well, he hits well. Great. What? But what do you do when when um, Cespedes comes back in July? What position is is he going to be playing? You sure you want a man who just had surgery in his both his heels to play playing in the outfield? He needs to be somewhere in the infield. 
And since you got Peter Alonso already there at first base, and and McNeil could be a kind of like a, a, super, a utility guy, the, I think the position that Cespedes is going to end up be playing is third base. If his if his feet could hold up to that, that's the key. If his feet could hold up to playing third base, I think that's the position that he is going to be returning to. So in my opinion, the Mets should be on should be. Um, on him to take some starting ground balls at third base, starting some ground balls at first base, also to get acclimated with the positions um, up until and when the time comes when he comes back. If, if Cespedes comes back to this team, and let's say the team is staying standing pat as it is with uh, with the addition of possibly Adam Jones, you already have Robinson Cano. Cespedes, Cespedes coming back coming back to this team with that type of lineup is a very good a very good lineup, very deep lineup. And on top of that, you got defense up the. You have great defense up the middle, with these with these pitches. It's something for the Mets to look to look to look into. Sign Adam Jones. Do I want Bryce Harper? Of course. Do I want Matty Machado? Of course. But signing one of the, one of those. I mean, really, when you sign, if you sign Matty Machado, you're pretty much blocking Cespedes from coming back to any position. So I think um, Michael Conforto is going to have a resurgent season. So I think the lean the lean is. You hope to trade, you know. Even I, I like Nemo. Nemo's a great leadoff hitter. He gets on base. He's Charlie Hustle. He runs hard. Even when he walks, he runs to the base. I want to keep Nemo on the team, but he has. if he has to be a chip to get Real Muto, you get Real Muto, and you trade Rosario along with that, then you open the door to sign Bryce Harper to play right field. You get, you get another left-handed bat in the lineup. And then you wait till Cespedes comes back and fills in that hole. In third base, where I think like I believe he's going to be at third base, then you sign a, um, a comparable shortstop to hold the fort until Jimenez comes up. And, you know, either Jose Reyes, Tula Whiskey, uh, Echeverria, one of those guys, just to hold it down until um, Jimenez is ready to come up and take take the starting position. If they don't make the trade for Real Muto. You either got to sign Grandal, Ramos, or even re-sign Devin, Devin Mezzarocco. Nothing wrong with that. I would be, I can live with that. I can live with that. So, guys, you definitely, guys, let me know what you think. Hit me up on Anchor. Um, also, my podcast is also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, this episode has been brought to you by Photos by Pascal. Please hit up my sister Pascal, Perfect43, on Instagram. She does photos for um, um, weddings, bar mitzvahs, christenings, um, fa- face shots, headshots, portfolio build build up. That's your that's the that's the female that's the girl for you, my sister Pascal, Perfect40, Perfect43 on um, on Instagram. Uh, photos by Pascal, definitely hit her up. She's your hookup in regards to that. And um, like I said, guys, thanks for listening to this episode. I hit you, I hit you guys up uh, in, within the week for another episode. Peace. What's good, everybody? It's your man, Big Don, coming at you with a True Players Podcast, episode 19. Um... What we're gonna talk about today is um, the, the Giants' um, recap of la- of their last game against the Redskins, as well as their um, review for this game today against the Titans and what they should do. 
And also, I'm going to talk about the Jets' recap of both the Bills as well as the Texans game that happened yesterday. And also, we're going to get into a lot of um, Met Hot Stove and moves that Brody Van Wagen has made. Um, we're going to start off with the Giants first. Um, the Giants are playing the Titans at MetLife Stadium at 1 p.m. today. Um, looks like Eli's, Eli may have bought himself another year with the Giants. Um, due to his great play, the Giants had won four out of five games since the bye, since their bye. And, um, I mean, he's playing better because he has be- he had a bit of offensive line in front of him to protect him. He's able to make the reads he needs to make and make some, make some plays. And um, also, you know, um, OB, um, Odell Beckham Jr. is out for the second game in a row. He, won't be, he will not be playing against the Titans. Um, he was out against the, the Redskins also. And basically, the Giants beat the Redskins. It was over, over from the first quarter on. The final score was uh, the final score was uh, forty to sixteen. Hold on one second, people. I have a little. Sorry about that. Yeah, the, the final score was forty to sixteen. <laughs> As you hear the background, I'll talk, also talk about the Knicks also. But yeah, um, yeah, the Giants beat the Redskins forty to sixteen. Um, the game was over over since the first quarter. Uh, for, um, Mark Sanchez threw a pick six early in the game, and that pretty much set, pretty much set the tone. And this game was all about Saquon Barkley. He had fourteen carries, one to seventy yards, and a TD. Um, one a big run, a big run that scored his TD. Um, he's playing great. Um, he's third in the league in rushing be, um, behind Eli- um, Ezekiel Elliott. And um, he's playing very well. The, I think he's going to be the, he's the face of the franchise, not OBJ. Saquon is the man. Also, um, during the game against the Redskins, Ingram had three receptions for 77 yards. Eli Manning was 14 of 22 for 197 yards and three TDs. Um, the Redskins um, couldn't move couldn't move the ball with Sanchez at quarterback, so they went to Josh Johnson, who came in and um, got the Redskins moving. Uh, they scored 16 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, something that I'm not too um, too happy about because the Giants' defense is, is uh, uh, they're not good enough, and I think it probably cost them and probably cost them a, a, a playoff run in the end because they had leads against the Eagles. They blew that. They almost blew a lead against the Bears and ended up winning in overtime. The defense is not that good. I understand you. you there's a new new off, no new defensive alignment. They went from a four three to a three four. But I think close to the end of the season, you expect to see some improvements and adjustments made to that new defensive scheme. I just haven't seen it. Is it because of the bad secondary? Maybe. Is it because um, you have linebackers who can't cover tight ends? Maybe. But that's something that they have, they will have to take care of during the offseason to improve that and give this team a, a chance to win. The offense is good, as far as I'm concerned, other than just, just improve the offensive line. Um, like I said, Josh Johnson came in and um, moved the Redskins about on the field. He's going to be starting the next uh, this, this week's game. It was San- Mark Sanchez didn't look like he was ready to play. Uh, it's hard to have a guy come off the uh, come off the um, come, come off his couch to step in and play an NFL game. Yeah, Matt Barkley did against the Jets um, a few weeks ago, but you know that's once in a once in a once in a blue moon. And now I'm, I'm going to talk about the Jets. Um, two games I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about the Bills game. They came from behind and won. 
Um, going for it on fourth down in the fourth quarter to get the win. Um, this is probably the first time I've seen Todd Bowles be a great coach to win a, win a football game in, in his four years of being as being a Jet coach. Um, but like I said, it's too late, too little, too late to save his job. He's gonna be there's good, there will be a new coach in, um, for the New York Jets for next year. The offense looked much better with Darnold at quarterback, and um, you know that's the we. Uh, I just hope we don't see Josh McCown again this season. Um, now let's get to the uh, the Jets versus um, Texans game, which I, I watched that game from wire to wire yesterday. It was a very good game. I thought there was a point in the game that I thought the Texas Texas was going to pull away when it got up to sixteen to three in the second quarter. But um, Sam made a made a big um, two minute drill before halftime, gave the team some momentum. But the uh, the kicker Daniels um, missed the field missed the field goal, missed the extra point. And that's in the end really cost the Jets the game because those two points made a big difference. Instead of going, instead of going for possibly going for a game-winning field goal, they ended up have needing a touchdown to tie the game at the end of the game. Um, they were the Jets were without Isaiah Crowell, who's on IR with an ankle injury. Anuno is out for the game with the injury. Um, the Jets lost Brandon Shell during that game game yesterday when a teammate rolled up on his knee. It looked looked like it may look like a major injury. He could be out for a while. Um, but Darnold, you know, I like how he made some moves in the pocket. He created more time in the pocket, even though he's being rushed by J.J. Watt and Clowney. Texas got a great pass rush. It was going to be a tough game for them, but they, the Jets nearly won the game and should have won the game, in my opinion. Um, but this is Darnold, is, Darnold is definitely the future of the New York Jets. There's no doubt in my mind that's that's happening. What the Jets need to do is start um, get him a better, get him a head coach who can coach him better, as well as um, get more pieces around him to make this team successful. So that's that's what I'm gonna say about that. Like I said, it, it was disappointing to see them lose, but also you saw a lot of hope in their future as far as in the quarterback position. And now um, what I'm gonna do right now, I'm gonna speak about the uh, New York Knicks. They had lost five in a row up until they came back and beat the Hornets on Friday night. Um, they were down 21 points at halftime and 15 points by at, at the start of the fourth quarter. A lot of big contributions. Again, um, Emmanuel Moutier had dropped 34 points and pretty much was the focal man of the offense. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. didn't have a particularly good game, but he had made some big shots in the fourth quarter as well as um, overtime. An unsung hero is um, Cornette. He was on the he was on the team late last year and was playing in the G League. But since the Knicks were without um, Trier, Dotson, and Burke, he was forced into um, into action. As well as Mitchell Robinson got injured in the first quarter, first quarter, twisting his ankle, and um, he was forced into action. He made some big shots, big shots in the fourth quarter, big three pointers, and big shots in the overtime. Also, Frank Nilakino also left the game with an injury to his leg. Also, so. That 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 was a big win. I, I was proud of the Knicks, but the one issue I have with the New York Knicks is they always have to they don't start fast enough. And they always when it comes to the after the halftime, they start building this mount this this comeback by playing defense harder, playing better defense and playing with more effort when they're down by like 10, 15 points. This team's not good enough to come back from that from those deficits all the time. And I would just, I just, me personally, I'd like for them to see them start the game with that defensive intensity and keep the defensive intensity 
for the entire game. That's something that um, Fisdale is going to have to work on with the guys. It's great to see um, Courtney Lee back on the, back playing again. I believe this was his third game back, providing good contributions, uh, all-around contributions, defensively, rebounding, assists, um, and just overall veteran leadership for this young team. And, I, and, you know, I'm glad to see the Knicks are improving and doing well. All right. Now, this is where this is the nitty gritty of my of this episode of the episode 19 of the True Players podcast. I'm going to talk about Mets hot stove and the moves that Brody Van Wagenen has made. I know I promised you guys I was going to give you an episode where, in which what I would do if I was GM. But this guy's beating me to the punch. Um as well as had some personal issues I had to deal with, as you know, through my previous um, episodes. So I wasn't able to give you guys that episode. But um, we're going to talk about Brody's moves here. Um, his first big move in the winter meetings in Vegas was he acquired uh, Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz from Seattle for Jay Bruce, Anthony Swarzak, and Gershon Bautista. In my opinion, this trade was all about Edwin Diaz. They just had, they just had to take um, on Cano's salary. The players, you know, they also give up uh, two um, top minor league players in that deal also, in which I thought it was a bit too much, considering you're taking on most of Cano's contract. Um, they, if, if you, they didn't need to give up all, as many prospects as they needed because they needed the prospects to try to get JT Real Muto. But, another, but I'm glad that Anthony Swarzak is not on the team anymore when his $8 million contract. He was a, he was a bust. I don't think he was even good enough to even get earn that contract, to be honest with you. Jay Bruce, uh, I'm kind of 50-50 about him trading him as I, thought, I felt he had a value to the Mets still. But I also understand that they're trying to go with the youth move, movement with um, Brandon Nemo um, in right field. And um, there's just rumors about Noah Syndergaard. They want to trade Noah Syndergaard. They had, they had a three-team deal, which would have brought the, the Mets some JT Real Muto. Um, with the Yankees, Marlins, and Mets. Listen, Brody, don't try to trade Noah. Noah Noah's a New Yorker. He's Noah Syndergaard's a New Yorker. He shows a lot of heart. Yeah, he struggled the past few seasons, but with the right tutelage and hopefully his mind is right, he's healthy, 100% healthy. He'd be able to give us a great season. Um, the way you, the way the team is being built right now, they're built to win now, not later. They're built to win right now. And I think Noah Syndergaard is part of that future. You keep that rotation together with um, with Degrom, Wheeler, Syndergaard, and Mats. You got yourself a very good rotation because good rotation. Mats realizes realizes his potential and solidifies that that top four. I, I put my that top four against any team in the um, in the league. Any team in the league. As far as JT Realmuto. Um, I mean, I'm st- I would still like to, to have him on the team because he's the best catching, best catcher right now in baseball. Right now, he's not Johnny Bench. He's not um, Mike Piazza. He's not Gary Carter. None of those guys. But right now, he's he's the top line catcher in the league. I believe the Mets should do whatever it takes to um, get him within reason. I'm not trading Conforto anymore for him. I'm leaning toward Conforto, Nemo, or and Rosario. I'm leaning towards just trading Nemo because I, I believe Michael, Michael Conforto, is, Conforto is a better player and he's going to be a better run producer than Nemo. Um, 
I, I could see a, I, I could see if I was a GM, I would do a package where I would try to use Neem, um, trade Nemo and Rosario for Real Muto, and just to get the, just to um, get peak um, Jeter's interest and see what he thinks. Um, the problem is, you know, JT Raimondo is not the prime objective. I can live with um, signing um, Grandal, Wilson Ramos, or even re-signing Devin Mazzarocco. You need, a, you need a catcher who's a leader who could um, steer this pitching staff to the right direction. I felt that the pitch sta- pitching staff pitched even better when Mazzarocco came onto the team. And... Um, I've, and I felt that the team pitched a whole lot better, and it, there's only there's only one way to go up, improve, and do better. Um, but most importantly, you gotta you gotta keep your chips. If Real Moto, if if Gita wants a Kings man for J, JT Real Moto, just let him be. The team is fine where it is right now. I'm not in a rush trading Nemo. I'm not in a rush trading Rosario. But if the opportunity presented itself, you have to consider the opportunity of and the type of play you're getting back in return. You know? Let's just say for the sake of the argument they do end up trading uh Rosario and Re- Real Muto J- uh, Rosario and Nemo for Real Muto. That creates an opening in right field, creates an opening in um in center field, and it creates an opening in shortstop. Um the Mets got a a big time prospect in the Miley's called um his name is Jimenez, last name is Jimenez, who was touted as better as being um the Ahmed Rosario at shortstop. He may not be ready to come up right now, but at least you, at least you could sign a shortstop to be a stopgate stop gate for him. Um, you guys may want to kill me, but I say, why don't you just resign um, Jose Reyes for 500 grand, and he could be the stopgate up until up until um, Jimenez is ready to come up. Reason being is um, I, Jose Reyes may be at the end of his career, but I think him being focused on one position now. I think he'd be a, a much more focused offensive player, um, and he may may surprise us with a good, with a decent season. May surprise us with a decent season, and um, or you could just sign Tula Whiskey, who who just was released by the uh, the Blue Jays. But one concern about him, just like Reyes, is injuries, 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 and these guys are older now. So how soon, if they get injured, where do you, where do you go from there? So that's something the Mets should consider. That's something I'm thinking about myself. And also Adam Jones of the Baltimore Orioles. He's a free agent now. And I think he should. He could be a great um, pickup in center, to play center field for the Mets. I know he had some two bad down years. But, I, but considering the type of team he was playing for, maybe the motivation wasn't there. Maybe he needed a, a change of scenery. And I'm just hoping that the change of scenery will be able to bring him back to his all-star form. And um, perform for the Mets, and I think I believe the Mets should pursue that, give him a decent contract, and, and go from there. Then you got your said the fielder, you know. Um, Jerris Familia was just re- was has is returning to the Mets. We had a three-year, thirty million dollar contract. Fans are not happy with that. They call him a choke artist. They felt that um, he cost them the World Series. Let me tell you something. Jerris Familia only cost the Mets two playoff games. That the first playoff game they cost him was the game one in against Kansas City in the World Series when he quick pitched Alex, Alex Gordon, and also the the um the wild card playing game in 2016 when he gave up the home run, the three run home run. That broke the, the broke the game open, in that fantastic duel between between Bumgarner and Syndergaard. Jerry Ramirez is 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 a, is a good reliever, 
The pressure, pressure from pitching in the ninth inning is no longer there. That's Edwin Diaz's um job. And it's also good to have a backup backup there also, just in case Edwin Diaz can't handle the pressures of New York. Remember, he's come from Seattle, where he, where he closed 51 games in Seattle. Or 51 to 54 games in Seattle. He's coming to New York. It's a different, different beast, different animal. It's good to have someone back there who's experiencing closing games in New York as a backup to him, in case he, he starts to falter. But I, I honestly don't think he will. Um, he has his buddy Cano with him to give him some guidance through the guidance through the uh, of going through New York, and um, that's what I'm saying about that. I'm 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 happy with the Jerry's familiar signing. The Mets lost because um, oversight by um, by Terry Collins. He didn't he didn't manage his best games in the World Series. That's the reason why the Mets lost twenty the, the World Series in 2015. And um, but Brody has said that this is he, this is it for him with the bullpen. But I think he needs to do more. Let's not finish there. If you're gonna you're gonna spend all this cash, you're gonna make these big deals. Just go for, go for it all. And they should still go after go after either Miller or Zach Britton at the sign of Familia. If you get one of those guys and you got and you team up with Familia and Diaz for the seventh, seventh, eighth, and ninth inning with this pitching staff that you have here. Uh, sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. You got four capable starters who go six innings. You got Syndergaard, DeGrom, and Wheeler who possibly go seven innings. The stress of the bullpen will not be as much as it would be on any other team because these these starting pitchers will go deep into games. They're not here for five innings, six innings, and you pull them out. So I think that, I think that Brody needs to go for. I prefer to go to Andrew Miller. Because he's done it, he's done it in New York. Um, but if he gets either Miller or Britain to put him um, with Familia and um, Diaz, the Mets will be in good shape. And only the thing, the thing, the thing I have here is one thing I like Brody to do is get try to find a way to get rid of Vargas and try to get to find a way to get rid of Frazier. They're useless to the team as it is right now. Even though they said Frazier is going to be start be the starting third baseman. In my opinion, they should have McNeil be the starting third baseman since he's been moved out of, out of um, second second base because of Cano. Move Neil to third base. Let him start the season there, and go from there. Why why mess with Frazier? He's he's a two twenty hitter. Who 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 just hits home runs? We don't we we have nothing. We have, I'm tired of that on this team. We need better players. We need guys who hit for average. Guys who hit hit doubles, home runs, and just drives in runs when when they need to be driven or driven in. The one thing that you know, the Brody and the Mets organization is is hell bent on having on Peter Alonso be the starting first baseman this year. My thing is great. If he does play well, he hits well. Great. What? But what do you do when when um, Cespedes comes back in July? What position is is he going to be playing? You sure you want a man who just had surgery in his both his heels to play playing in the outfield? He needs to be somewhere in the infield. And since you got Peter Alonso already there at first base, and and McNeil could be a kind of like a, a super a utility guy, the I think the position that Cespedes is going to end up be playing is third base. If his if his feet could hold up to that. That's the key. If his feet can hold up to play in third base, I think that's the position that he is going to be returning to. 
So in my opinion, the Mets should be on should be um, on him to take some starting ground balls at third base, starting some ground balls at first base, also to get acclimated with the positions um, up until and when the time comes when he comes back. If, if Cespedes comes back to this team, and let's say the team is staying standing pat as it is with uh, with the addition of possibly Adam Jones, you already have Robinson Cano. Cespedes coming back coming back to this team. With that type of lineup, it's a very good, very good lineup, very deep lineup. And on top of that, you got defense up the, you have great defense up the middle, with these with these pitches. Something for the Mets to look to look to look into. Sign Adam Jones. Do I want Bryce Harper? Of course. Do I want Matty Machado? Of course. But signing one of the, one of those, I mean, really, when you sign, if you sign Manny Machado, you're pretty much blocking Cespedes from coming back to any position. So I think um, Michael Conforto is going to have a resurgent season. So I think the lean, the lean is you hope to trade. You know, even I, I like Nemo. Nemo's a great leadoff hitter. He gets on base. He's Charlie Hustle. He runs hard. Even when he walks, he runs to the base. I want to keep Nemo on the team, but he has. If he has to be a chip to get Real Muto, you get Real Muto, and you trade Rosario along with that. Then you open the door to sign Bryce Harper to play right field. You get you get another left-handed bat in the lineup, and then you wait till Cespedes comes back and fills in that hole in third base, where I think I believe he's going to be at third base. Then you sign a, um, a comparable shortstop to hold the fort until Jimenez comes up. You know, either Jose Reyes, Tula Whiskey, uh, Echeverria, one of those guys, just to hold it down. Until um, Jimenez is ready to come up and take take the starting position. If they don't make the trade for Real Muto, you either got to sign Grandal, Ramos, or even resign Devin, Devin, Devin Mezzarocco. Nothing wrong with that. I would be, I can live with that. I can live with that. So guys, you definitely guys, let me know what you think. Hit me up on Anchor. Um, also, my podcast is also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, this po- episode has been brought to you by Photos by Pascal. Please hit up my sister Pascal, Perfect43, on um, Instagram. She does vo- photos for um, um, weddings, bar mitzvahs, christenings, um, f- face shots, head shots, portfolio build build up. That's your that's the that's the female that's the girl for you, my sister Pascal, perfect forty perfect forty three on um on Instagram. Uh, photos by Pascal, definitely hit her up. She's your hookup in regards to that. And um like I said guys, thanks for listening to this episode. I hit you I hit you guys up uh, in within the week for another episode. Peace. What's good, everybody? It's your man, Big Don, coming at you with a True Players Podcast, episode 19. Um, what we're going to talk about today is um, the, the Giants' um, recap of, la- of their last game against the Redskins, as well as their um, review for this game today against the Titans and what they should do. And also, I'm going to talk about the Jets' recap of both the Bills as well as the Texans' game that happened yesterday. And also, we're going to get into a lot of um, Met Hot Stove and moves that Brody Van Wagen has made. Um, we're going to start off with the Giants first. Um, the Giants are playing the Titans at MetLife Stadium at 1 p.m. today. Um, 
Looks like Eli's, Eli may have bought himself another year with the Giants. Um, due to his great play, the Giants had won four out of five games since the bye, since their bye. And, um, I mean, he's playing better because he has be- he had a better offensive line in front of him to protect him. He's able to make the reads he needs to make and make some, make some plays. And um, also, you know, um, OB, um, Odell Beckham Jr. is out for the second game in a row. He, won't be, he will not be playing against the Titans. Um, he was out against the, the Redskins also. And basically, the Giants beat the Redskins. It was over, over from the first quarter on. The final score was uh, the final score was uh, forty to sixteen. Hold on one second, people. I have a little. Sorry about that. Yeah, the, the final score was forty to sixteen. <laughs> As you hear the background, I'll talk, I'll talk about the Knicks also. But yeah, um, yeah, the Giants beat the Redskins forty to sixteen. Um, the game was over over since the first quarter. Uh, for, um, Mark Sanchez threw a pick six early in the game, and that pretty much set pretty much set the tone. And this game was all about Saquon Barkley. He had fourteen carries, one to seventy yards, and a TD. Um, one a big run, a big run that scored his TD. Um, he's playing great. Um, he's third in the league in rushing be, um, behind Eli- um, Ezekiel Elliott. And um, he's playing very well. The, I think he's going to be the, he's the face of the franchise, not OBJ. Saquon is the man. Also, um, during the game against the Redskins, Ingram had three receptions for 77 yards. Eli Manning was 14 of 22 for 197 yards and three TDs. Um, the Redskins um, couldn't move couldn't move the ball with Sanchez at quarterback, so they went to Josh Johnson, who came in and uh, got the Redskins moving. Uh, they scored 16 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, something that I'm not too um, too happy about because the Giants' defense is, is uh, uh, they're not good enough, and I think it probably cost them and probably cost them a, a, a playoff run in the end because they had leads against the Eagles. They blew that. They almost blew lead against the Bears and ended up winning in overtime. The defense is not that good. I understand you. you there's a new new off, no new defensive alignment. They went from a four three to a three four. But I think close to the end of the season, you expect to see some improvements and adjustments made to that new defensive scheme. I just haven't seen it. Is it because of the bad secondary? Maybe. Is it because um, you have linebackers who can't cover tight ends? Maybe. But that's something that they have, they will have to take care of during the offseason to improve that and give this team a, a chance to win. The offense is good, as far as I'm concerned, other than just, just improve the offensive line. Um, like I said, Josh Ross came in and um, moved the Redskins about on the field. He's going to be starting the next uh, this this week's game. It was San- Mark Sanchez didn't look like he was ready to play. Uh, it's hard to have a guy come off the uh, come off the um, come come off his couch to step in and play an NFL game. Yeah, Matt Barkley did against the Jets um, a few weeks ago, but you know that's once in a once in a once in a blue moon. And now I'm, I'm going to talk about the Jets. Um, two games I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about the Bills game. They came from behind and won. Um, going for it on fourth down in the fourth quarter to get the win. Um, this is probably the first time I've seen Todd Bowles be a great coach to win a, win a football game in, in his four years of being as being a Jet coach. Um, but like I said, it's too late, too little, too late to save his job. He's going to be. There will be a new coach in, um, for the New York Jets for next year. 
the offense looked, looked much better with Darnold at quarterback. And, um, you know, that's the, we, uh, I just hope we don't see Josh McCown again this season. Um, now let's get to the, uh, the Jets versus, um, Texans game, which I, I watched that game from wire to wire yesterday. It was a very good game. I thought there was a point in the game that I thought the Texas, Texas was going to pull away when it got up to 16 to three in the second quarter. But, um, Sam made a, made a big, um, two minute drill before halftime gave the team some momentum, but the, uh, the kicker Daniels, um, missed the field, missed the field goal, missed the extra point. And that's in the end really cost the Jets the game because those two points made a big difference. Instead of going, f- instead of going for possibly going for a game-winning field goal, they ended up have needing a touchdown to tie the game at the end of the game. Um, they were the Jets were without Isaiah Crowell, who's on IR with an ankle injury. Anuno is out for the game with the injury. Um, the Jets lost Brandon Shell during that game game yesterday when a teammate rolled up on his knee. It looked looked like it may look like a major injury. He could be out for a while. Um, but Darnold, you know, I like how he made some moves in the pocket. He created more time in the pocket, even though he's being rushed by J.J. Watt and Clowney. And Texas got a great pass rush. It was going to be a tough game for them, but they, the Jets nearly won the game and should have won the game, in my opinion. Um, but this is Darnold, is, Darnold is definitely the future of the New York Jets. There's no doubt in my mind that's that's happening. What the Jets need to do is start um, get him a better, get him a head coach who can coach him better, as well as um, get more pieces around him to make this team successful. So that's that's what I'm gonna say about that. Like I said, it, it was disappointing to see them lose, but also you saw a lot of hope in their future as far as in the quarterback position. And now um, what I'm gonna do right now, I'm gonna speak about the uh, New York Knicks. They had lost five in a row up until they came back and beat the Hornets on Friday night. Um, they were down 21 points at halftime and 15 points by at, at the start of the fourth quarter. A lot of big contributions. Again, um, Emmanuel Moutier had dropped 34 points and pretty much was the focal man of the offense. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. didn't have a particularly good game, but he had made some big shots in the fourth quarter as well as um, overtime. An unsung hero is um, Cornette. He was on the he was on the team late last year and was playing in the G League. But since the Knicks were without um, Trier, Dotson, and Burke, he was forced into um, into action. As well as Mitchell Robinson got injured in the first quarter, first quarter, twisting his ankle, and um, he was forced into action. He made some big shots, big shots in the fourth quarter, big three pointers, and big shots in the overtime. Also, Frank Nilakino also left the game with an injury to his leg. Also, so. That, that that was a big win. I, I was proud of the Knicks, but the one issue I have with the New York Knicks is they always have to they don't start fast enough. And they always when it comes to the after the halftime, they start building this mount this this comeback by playing defense harder, playing better defense and playing with more effort when they're down by like 10, 15 points. This team's not good enough to come back from that from those deficits all the time. And I would just, I just, me personally, I'd like for them to see them start the game with that defensive intensity and keep the defensive intensity for the entire game. That's something that um, Fisdale is going to have to work on with the guys. It's great to see um, Courtney Lee back on the back playing again. I believe this was his third game back, providing good contributions, uh, all-around contributions, defensively, rebounding, assists, 
um, and just overall veteran leadership for this young team. And I, and you know, I'm glad to see the Knicks are improving and doing well. All right, now this is where this is the nitty gritty of my of this episode of the episode 19 of the True Players podcast. I'm gonna talk about Mets hot stove and the moves that Brody Van Wagner has made. I know I promised you guys I was going to give you an episode where, in which what I would do if I was GM, but this guy's beating me to the punch, um, as well as has some personal issues I had to deal with, as you know, through my previous um, episodes. So I wasn't able to give you guys that episode, but um, we're going to talk about Brody's moves here. Um, his first big move in the winter meetings in Vegas was he acquired uh, Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz from Seattle for Jay Bruce, Anthony Swarzak, and Gershon Bautista. In my opinion, this trade was all about Evan Diaz. They just had they just had to take um, on Cano's salary. The players, you know, they also give up uh, two um, top minor league players in that deal also, in which I thought it was a bit too much, considering you're taking on most of Cano's contract. Um, they, they, if you, they didn't need to give up all, as many prospects as they needed because they needed the prospects to try to get JT Real Muto. But another, but I'm glad that Anthony Swarzak is not on the team anymore. When his eight million dollar contract, he was a he was a bust. I don't think he was even good enough to even get earn that contract. To be honest with you, Jay Bruce, uh, I'm kind of 50-50 about him trading him as I thought I felt he had a value to the Mets still. But I also understand that they're trying to go with the youth move movement with um, Brandon Nemo um, in right field, and. Um, there's just rumors about Noah Syndergaard. They want to trade Noah Syndergaard. They had, they had a three-team deal, which would have brought the, the Mets some JT Real Muto um, with the Yankees, Marlins, and Mets. Listen, Brody, don't try to trade Noah. Noah Noah's a New Yorker. He's Noah Syndergaard's a New Yorker. He shows a lot of heart. Yeah, he struggled the past few seasons, but with the right tutelage and hopefully his mind is right, he's healthy, 100% healthy, he'd be able to give us a great season. Um, the way you, the way the team is being built right now, they're built to win now, not later. They're built to win right now, and I think Noah Syndergaard is part of that future. You keep that rotation together with um, with Degrom, Wheeler, Syndergaard, Mats. You got yourself a very good rotation because it good rotation. Mats realizes realizes his potential and solidifies that that top four. I, I put my that top four against any team in the um, in the league. Any team in the league. As far as JT Real Muto, um, I mean, I'm st- I would still like to, to have him on the team because he's the best catching, best catcher right now in baseball. Right now, he's not Johnny Bench. He's not um, Mike Piazza. He's not Gary Carter. None of those guys. But right now, he's he's the top line catcher in the league. I believe the Mets should do whatever it takes to um, get him within reason. I'm not trading Conforto and Nemo for him. I'm leaning toward Conforto, Nemo, or and um, Rosario. I'm leaning towards just trading Nemo because I, I believe Michael, Michael Conforto, Conforto is a better player and he's going to be a better run producer than Nemo. Um, I, I could see a, I, I could see if I was a GM, I would do a package where I would try to use Nemo, um, trade Nemo and Rosario for Real Muto. And just to get the, just to um, get peak um, Jeter's interest and see what he thinks. Um, the problem is, 
you know, JT Raimondo is not the prime objective. I can live with um, signing um, Grandal, Wilson Ramos, or even re-signing Devin Mezzarocco. You need, a, you need a catcher who's a leader who could um, steer this pitching staff to the right direction. I felt that the pitch sta- pitching staff pitched even better when Mezzarocco came onto the team. And... Um, I've, and I felt that the team pitched a whole lot better, and it, there's only there's only one way to go up, improve, and do better. Um, but most importantly, you gotta you gotta keep your chips. If Real Moto, if if Jeter wants or Kings ran for J, JT Real Moto, just let him be. The team is fine where it is right now. I'm not in a rush trading Nemo. I'm not in a rush trading Rosario. But if the opportunity presented itself, you have to consider the opportunity of and the type of player you're getting back in return. You know, let's just say for the sake of the argument, they do end up trading uh, Rosario and Re- Real Muto, J- uh, Rosario and Nemo for Real Muto. That creates an opening in right field, creates an opening in um, in center field, and it creates an opening in shortstop. Um, the Mets got a, a big time prospect in the minor leagues called um, his name is Jimenez, last name is Jimenez, who was touted as better as being um, the Ahmed Rosario at shortstop. He may not be ready to come up right now, but at least you at least you could sign a shortstop to be a stopgate stopgate for him. Um, you guys may want to kill me, but I say, why don't you just resign um, Jose Reyes for five hundred grand, and he could be the stopgate up until up until um, Jimenez is ready to come up. Reason being is um, I, Jose Reyes may be at the end of his career, but I think him being focused on one position now, I think he'd be a, a much more focused offensive player. Um, and he may may surprise us with a good, with a decent season. May surprise us with a decent season. And um, or you could just sign Tula Whiskey, who who just was released by the uh, the Blue Jays. But one concern about him, just like Reyes, is injuries, injuries, injuries. And these guys are older now. So how soon, if they get injured, where do you, where do you go from there? So. That's something the Mets should consider. That's something I'm thinking about myself. And also Adam Jones of the Baltimore Orioles. He's a free agent now. And I think he should he could be a great um, pickup in center, to play center field for the Mets. I know he had some two bad down years. But, I, but considering the type of team he was playing for, maybe the motivation wasn't there. Maybe he needed a, a change of scenery. And I'm just hoping that the change of scenery will be able to bring him back to his all-star form. And um, perform for the Mets, and I think I believe the Mets should pursue that, give him a decent contract, and, and go from there. Then you got your said the fielder, you know. Um, Jerry's familiar was just re- was has is returning to the Mets who had a three year, thirty million dollar contract. Fans are not happy with that. They call him a choke artist. They felt that um, he cost them the World Series. Let me tell you something. Jerry's familiar only cost the Mets two playoff games. That the first playoff game they cost him was the game one in against the Kansas City in the World Series when he quick pitched Alex, Alex Gordon, and also the the um the wild card playing game in 2016 when he gave up the home run, the three run home run. That broke the, the broke the game open, in that fantastic duel between between Bumgarner and Syndergaard. Just Vermeer is a, is a, is a good reliever. The pressure of, pressure from pitching in the ninth inning is no longer there. That's Edwin Diaz's um job. And it's also good to have a backup backup there also, just in case Edwin Diaz can't handle the pressures of New York. Remember, he's come from Seattle, where he, where he closed 51 games in Seattle, or 51 to 54 games in Seattle. 
he's coming to New York. It's a different different beast, different animal. It's good to have someone back there who's experiencing closing games in New York as a backup to him in case he, he starts to falter. But I, I honestly don't think he will. Um, he has his buddy Cano with him to give him some guidance through the guidance through the uh, of going through New York, and um, that's what I'm saying about that. I'm 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 happy with the Jiris Familia signing. The Mets lost because um, oversight by um, by Terry Collins. He didn't he didn't manage his best games in the World Series. That's the reason why the Mets lost twenty the, the World Series in 2015. And um, but Brody has said that this is he, this is it for him with the bullpen. But I think he needs to do more. Let's not finish there. If you're gonna you're gonna spend all this cash, you're gonna make these big deals. Just go for go for it all. And they should still go after go after either Miller or Zach Britton at the side of Familia. If you get one of those guys and you got and you team up with Familia and Diaz for the seventh, seventh, eighth, and ninth inning with this pitching staff that you have here. Uh, sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. You got four capable starters who go six innings. You got Syndergaard, DeGrom, and Wheeler who possibly go seven innings. The stress of the bullpen will not be as much as it would be on any other team because these these starting pitchers will go deep into games. They're not here for five innings, six innings, and you pull them out. So I think that, I think that Brody needs to go for. I prefer to go to Andrew Miller. Because he's done it, he's done it in New York. Um, but if he gets either Miller or Britain to put him um, with Familia and um, Diaz, the Mets will be in good shape. And only the thing, the thing, the thing I have here is one thing I like Brody to do is get try to find a way to get rid of Vargas and try to get to find a way to get rid of Frazier. They're useless to the team as it is right now. Even though they said Frazier is going to be start be the starting third baseman. In my opinion, they should have McNeil be the starting third baseman since he's been moved out of, out of um, second second base because of Cano. Move Neil to third base. Let him start the season there, and go from there. Why why mess with Frazier? He's a, he's a two twenty hitter. Who 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 just hits home runs? We don't we we have nothing. We have, I'm tired of that on this team. We need better players. You guys who hit for average. Guys who hit hit doubles, home runs, and just drives in runs when when they need to be driven or driven in. The one thing that you know, the Brody and the Mets organization is is hell bent on having on Peter Alonso be the starting first baseman this year. My thing is great. If he does play well, he hits well. Great. What? But what do you do when when um, Cespedes comes back in July? What position is is he going to be playing? You sure you want a man who just had surgery in his both his heels to play playing in the outfield? He needs to be somewhere in the infield. And since you got Peter Alonso already there at first base, and and McNeil could be a kind of like a, a super a utility guy, the I think the position that Cespedes is going to end up be playing is third base. If his if his feet could hold up to that. That's the key. If his feet can hold up to play in third base, I think that's the position that he is going to be returning to. So, in my opinion, the Mets should be on should be um, on him to take some starting ground balls at third base, starting some ground balls at first base, also to get acclimated with the positions um, up until and when the time comes when he comes back. If, if Cespedes comes back to this team, and let's say the team is staying 
standing pat as it is with uh, with the addition of possibly Adam Jones or you already have Robinson Cano. Cespedes, Cespedes coming back coming back to this team with that type of lineup is a very good a very good lineup, very deep lineup. And on top of that, you got defense up the you have great defense up the middle with these with these pitches. Something for the Mets to look to look to look into. Sign Adam Jones. Do I want Bryce Harper? Of course. Do I want Matty Machado? Of course. But signing one of them, one of those, I mean, really, when you sign, if you sign Manny Machado, you're pretty much blocking Cespedes from coming back to any position. So I think uh, Michael Conforto is going to have a resurgent season. So I think the lean, the lean is you hope to trade. You know, even I, I like Nemo. Nemo's a great leadoff hitter. He gets on base. He's Charlie Hustle. He runs hard. Even when he walks, he runs to the base. I want to keep Nemo on the team, but he has if he has to be a chip to get Real Muto, you get Real Muto, and you trade Rosario along with that, then you open the door to sign Bryce Harper to play right field. You get, you get another left-handed bat in the lineup, and then you wait till Cespedes comes back and fills in that hole in third base, where I think I believe he's going to be at third base. Then you sign a, um, a comparable shortstop to hold the fort until Jimenez comes up. You know, either Jose Reyes, Tula Whiskey, uh, Echeverria, one of those guys, just to hold it down until um, Jimenez is ready to come up and take take the starting position. If they don't make the trade for Real Muto, you either got to sign Grandal, Ramos, or even re-sign Devin, Devin Mezzarocco. Nothing wrong with that. I would be, I could live with that. I can live with that. So, guys, you definitely, guys, let me know what you think. Hit me up on Anchor. Um, also, my podcast is also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, this episode has been brought to you by Photos by Pascal. Please hit up my sister Pascal, Perfect43, on um, Instagram. She does photos for um, um, weddings, bar mitzvahs, christenings. Um, face shots, headshots, portfolio build, build up. That's your, that's the, that's the female, that's the girl for you. My sister Pascal, perfect forty, perfect forty three on, um, on Instagram. Uh, photos by Pascal, definitely hit her up. She's your hookup in regards to that. And um, like I said, guys, thanks for listening to this episode. I hit you, I hit you guys up uh, in, within the week for another episode. Peace. What's good, everybody? It's your man, Big Don, coming at you with a True Players Podcast, episode 19. Um, what we're going to talk about today is um, the, the Giants' um, recap of, la- of their last game against the Redskins, as well as their um, review for this game today against the Titans and what they should do. And also, I'm going to talk about the Jets' recap of both the Bills as well as the Texans' game that happened yesterday. And also, we're going to get into a lot of um, Met Hot Stove and moves that Brody Van Wagen has made. Um, we're going to start off with the Giants first. Um, the Giants are playing the Titans at MetLife Stadium at 1 p.m. today. Um, looks like Eli's, Eli may have bought himself another year with the Giants um, due to his great play. The Giants had won four out of five games since the bye, since their bye. And, um, I mean, he's playing better because he, has be- he had a better offensive line in front of him to protect him. He's able to make the reads he needs to make and make some make some plays. And um, also, 
you know, um, OB, um, Odell Beckham Jr. is out for the second game in a row. He will, be, he will not be playing against the Titans. Um, he was out against the, the Redskins also. And basically, the Giants beat the Redskins. It was over, over from the first quarter on. The final score was... Uh, the final score was uh, 40 to 16. Hold on one second, people. I have a little. Sorry about that. Yeah, the, the final score was 40 to 16. <laughs> As you hear in the background, I'm going to talk about the Knicks also. But yeah, um, yeah, the Giants beat the Redskins 40 to 16. Um, the game was over, over since the first quarter. Uh, for, um, Mark Sanchez threw a pick six early in the game, and that pretty much set pretty much set the tone. And this game was all about Saquon Barkley. He had 14 carries, 170 yards, and a TD. Um, one a big run, a big run that scored his TD. Um, he's playing great. Um, he's third in the league in rushing, be, um, behind Eli- um, Ezekiel Elliott, and um, he's playing very well. The, I think he's going to be the, he's the face of the franchise, not OBJ. Saquon is the man. Also, um, during the game against the Redskins, Ingram had three receptions for 77 yards. Eli Manning was 14 of 22 for 197 yards and three TDs. Um, the Redskins um, couldn't move couldn't move the ball with Sanchez at quarterback, so they went to Josh Johnson, who came in and uh, got the Redskins moving. Uh, they scored 16 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, something that I'm not too um, too happy about because the Giants' defense is, is uh, uh, they're not good enough. And I think it probably cost them, and it probably cost them a, a, a playoff run in the end, because they had leads against the Eagles. They blew that. They almost blew the lead against the Bears, and ended up winning in overtime. The defense is not that good. I understand you. you there's a new, new, no new defensive alignment. They went from a four-three to a three-four, but I think close to the end of the season, you expect to see some improvements and adjustments made to that new defensive scheme. I just haven't seen it. Is it because of the bad secondary? Maybe. Is it because um, you have linebackers who can't cover tight ends? Maybe. But that's something that they have, they have to take care of during the offseason to improve that and give this team a, a chance to win. The offense is good, as far as I'm concerned, other than just, just improve the offensive line. Um, like I said, Josh Ross came in and um, moved the Redskins around the field. He's going to be starting the next uh, this, this week's game. It was San- Mark Sanchez didn't look like he was ready to play. Uh, it's hard to have a guy come off the uh, come off the um, come, come off his couch to step in and play an NFL game. Yeah, Matt Barkley did against the Jets um, a few weeks ago, but you know that's once in a once in a once in a blue moon. And now I'm, I'm going to talk about the Jets. Um, two games I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about the Bills game. They came from behind and won. Um, going for it on fourth down in the fourth quarter to get the win. Um, this is probably the first time I've seen Todd Bowles be a great coach to win a, win a football game in, in his four years of being as being a Jet coach. Um, but like I said, it's too late, too little, too late to save his job. He's gonna be there's good. There will be a new coach in, um, for the New York Jets for next year. The offense looked, looked much better with Darnold at quarterback, and. Um, you know, that's the. We, uh, I just hope we don't see Josh McCown again this season. 
Um, now let's get to the uh, the Jets versus um, the Texans game, which I, I watched that game from wire to wire yesterday. It was a very good game. I thought there was a point in the game that I thought the Texas Texas was going to pull away when it got up to sixteen to three in the second quarter. But um, Sam made a made a big um, two minute drill before halftime, gave the team some momentum. But the uh, the kicker Daniels um, missed the field missed the field goal, missed the extra point. And that's in the end really cost the Jets the game because those two points made a big difference. Instead of going, instead of going for possibly going for a game-winning field goal, they ended up having needing a touchdown to tie the game at the end of the game. Um, they were the Jets were without Isaiah Crowell, who's on IR with an ankle injury. Anuno is out for the game with the injury. Um, the Jets lost Brandon Shell during that game game yesterday when a teammate rolled up on his knee. It looked looked like it may look like a major injury. He could be out for a while. Um, but Darnold, you know, I like how he made some moves in the pocket. He created more time in the pocket, even though he's being rushed by J.J. Watt and Clowney. And Texas got a great pass rush. It was going to be a tough game for them, but they, the Jets nearly won the game and should have won the game, in my opinion. Um, but this is Darnold, is, Darnold is definitely the future of the New York Jets. There's no doubt in my mind that's that's happening. What the Jets need to do is start um, get him a better, get him a head coach who can coach him better, as well as um, get more pieces around him to make this team successful. So that's that's what I'm gonna say about that. Like I said, it, it was disappointing to see them lose, but also you saw a lot of hope in their future as far as in the quarterback position. And now um, what I'm gonna do right now, I'm gonna speak about the uh, New York Knicks. They had lost five in a row up until they came back and beat the Hornets on Friday night. Um, they were down 21 points at halftime and 15 points by at, at the start of the fourth quarter. A lot of big contributions. Again, um, Emmanuel Moutier had dropped 34 points and pretty much was the focal man of the offense. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. didn't have a particularly good game, but he had made some big shots in the fourth quarter as well as um, overtime. An unsung hero is um, Cornette. He was on the he was on the team late last year and was playing in the G League. But since the Knicks were without um, Trier, Dotson, and Burke, he was forced into um, into action. As well as Mitchell Robinson got injured in the first quarter, first quarter, twisting his ankle, and um, he was forced into action. He made some big shots, big shots in the fourth quarter, big three pointers, and big shots in the overtime. Also, Frank Nilakino also left the game with an injury to his leg. Also, so. That 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 was a big win. I, I was proud of the Knicks, but the one issue I have with the New York Knicks is they always have to they don't start fast enough. And they always when it comes to the after the halftime, they start building this mount this this comeback by playing defense harder, playing better defense and playing with more effort when they're down by like 10, 15 points. This team's not good enough to come back from that from those deficits all the time. And I would just, I just, me personally, I'd like for them to see them start the game with that defensive intensity and keep the defensive intensity for the entire game. That's something that um, Fisdale is going to have to work on with the guys. It's great to see um, Courtney Lee back on the back playing again. I believe this was his third game back, providing good contributions, uh, all-around contributions, defensively, rebounding, assists, um, and just overall veteran leadership for this young team. And I and you know I'm glad to see the Knicks are improving and doing well. 
All right, now this is where this is the nitty gritty of my of this episode of the episode 19 of the True Players podcast. I'm gonna talk about Mets hot stove and the moves that Brody Van Wagner has made. I know I promised you guys I was gonna give you an episode where, in which what I would do if I was GM, but this guy's beating me to the punch, um, as well as has some personal issues I had to deal with, as you know, through my previous um, episodes. So I wasn't able to give you guys that episode, but. Um, we're going to talk about Brody's moves here. Um, his first big move in the winter meetings in Vegas was he acquired uh, Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz from Seattle for Jay Bruce, Anthony Swarzak, and Gershon Bautista. In my opinion, this trade was all about Edwin Diaz. They just had they just had to take um, on Cano's salary. The players, you know, they also gave up... Um, Two um, top minor league players in that deal, also, in which I thought it was a bit too much, considering you taking on most of Cano's contract. Um, they, they, if you, they didn't need to give up all, as many prospects as they needed because they needed the prospects to try to get JT Real Muto. But another, but I'm glad that Anthony Swarzak is not on the team anymore with his eight million dollar contract. He was a he was a bust. I don't think he was even good enough to even get earn that contract. To be honest with you, Jay Bruce. Uh, I'm kind of 50-50 about him trading him as I thought I felt he had a value to the Mets still. But I also understand that they're trying to go with the youth move, movement with um, Brandon Nemo um, in right field. And um, there's just rumors about Noah Syndergaard. They want to trade Noah Syndergaard. They had, they had a three-team deal, which would have brought the, the Mets some JT Real Muto um, with the Yankees, Marlins, and Mets. Listen, Brody, don't try to trade Noah. Noah Noah's a New Yorker. He's Noah Syndergaard's a New Yorker. He shows a lot of heart. Yeah, he struggled the past few seasons, but with the right tutelage and hopefully his mind is right, he's healthy, 100% healthy. He'll be able to give us a great season. Um, the way you, the way the team is being built right now, they're built to win now, not later. They're built to win right now. And I think Noah Syndergaard is part of that future. You keep that rotation together with... Um, with DeGrom, Wheeler, Syndergaard, and Mats, you got yourself a very good rotation because it good rotation if Mats realizes realizes his potential and solidifies that that top four. I, I put my that top four against any team in the um in the league. Any team in the league. As far as JT Realmuto, um I mean I'm still I would still like to, to have him on the team because he's the best catching best catcher right now in baseball right now he's not Johnny Bench he's not um Mike Piazza he's not Gary Carter none of those guys but right now he's he's the top line catcher in the league I believe the Mets should do whatever it takes to um get him within reason I'm not trading Conforto any more for him I'm leaning toward Conforto, Nemo, or and um, Rosario. I'm leaning towards just trading Nemo because I, I believe Michael, Michael Conforto, is, Conforto is a better player and he's going to be a better run producer than Nemo. Um, I, I could see, a, I, I could see, if I was a GM, I would do a package where I would try to use Nemo, um, trade Nemo and Rosario for Real Muto, and just to get the, just to um, get peak um, Jeter's interest and see what he thinks. Um, the problem is, you know, JT Raimondo is not the prime objective. I can live with um, signing um, Grandal, 
Wilson Ramos, or even re-sign Devin Mezzarocco. You need, a, you need a catcher who's a leader who could um, steer this pitching staff to the right direction. I felt that the pitch sta- pitching staff pitched even better and Mezzarocco came onto the team. And um, I've, and I felt that the team pitched a whole lot better. And it, there's, only way, there's only one way to go up, improve, and do better. Um, but most importantly, you gotta you gotta keep your chips. If Real Moto, if if Jeter wants a Kings man for J, JT Real Moto, just let him be. The team is fine where it is right now. I'm not in a rush trading Nemo. I'm not in a rush trading Rosario. But if the opportunity presented itself, you have to consider the opportunity of and the type of player you're getting back in return. You know. Let's just say for the sake of the argument, they do end up trading uh, Rosario and Re- Real Muto, J- uh, Rosario and Nemo for Real Muto. That creates an opening in right field, creates an opening in, um, in center field, and it creates an opening in shortstop. Um, the Mets got a, a big-time prospect in the minor leagues called, um, his name is Jimenez, last name is Jimenez, who was touted as better as being um, the Ahmed Rosario at shortstop. He may not be ready to come up right now, but at least you at least you could sign a shortstop to be a stopgate stopgate for him. Um, you guys may want to kill me, but I say why don't you just resign um, Jose Reyes for 500 grand, and he could be the stopgate up until up until um, Jimenez is ready to come up. Reason being is um, I, Jose Reyes may be at the end of his career, but I think him being focused on one position now, I think he'd be a, a much more focused offensive player. Um, and he may may surprise us with a good, with a decent season. May surprise us with a decent season. And um, or you could just sign Tula Whiskey, who who just was released by the uh, the Blue Jays. But one concern about him, just like Reyes, is injuries, injuries, injuries. And these guys are older now. So how soon, if they get injured, where do you, where do you go from there? So. That's something the Mets, the Mets should consider. That's something I'm thinking about myself. And also Adam Jones of the Baltimore Orioles. He's a free agent now. And I think he should he could be a great um, pickup in center, to play center field for the Mets. I know he had some two bad down years. But, I, but considering the type of team he was playing for, maybe the motivation wasn't there. Maybe he needed a, a change of scenery. And I'm just hoping that the change of scenery will be able to bring him back to his all-star form. And um, perform for the Mets, and I think I believe the Mets should pursue that, give him a decent contract, and, and go from there. Then you got your said the fielder, you know. Um, Jerry's familiar was just re- was has is returning to the Mets who had a three-year, thirty million dollar contract. Fans are not happy with that. They call him a choke artist. They felt that um, he cost them the World Series. Let me tell you something. Jerry's familiar only cost the Mets two playoff games. That the first playoff game they cost him was the game one in against Kansas City in the World Series when he quick pitched Alex, Alex Gordon, and also the the um the wild card playing game in 2016 when he gave up the home run, the three run home run. That broke the, the broke the game open, in that fantastic duel between between Bumgarner and Syndergaard. Just Vermeer is is a, is, a, is a good reliever. The pressure of, pressure from pitching in the ninth inning is no longer there. That's Edwin Diaz's um job. And it's also good to have a backup backup there also, just in case Edwin Diaz can't handle the pressures of New York. Remember, he's come from Seattle, where he closed 51 games in Seattle, or 51 to 54 games in Seattle. He's coming to New York. It's a different different beast, different animal. It's good to have someone back there who's experiencing closing games in New York 
as a backup to him in case he, he starts to falter. But I, I honestly don't think he will. Um, he has his buddy Cano with him to give him some guidance through the guidance through the uh, of going through New York, and um, that's what I'm saying about that. I'm 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 happy with the Jiris Familia signing. The Mets lost because um, oversight by um, by Terry Collins. He didn't he didn't manage his best games in the World Series. That's the reason why the Mets lost twenty the, the World Series in 2015. And um, but Brody has said that this is he, this is it for him with the bullpen. But I think he needs to do more. Let's not finish there. If you're gonna you're gonna spend all this cash, you're gonna make these big deals. Just go for go for it all. And they should still go after go after either Miller or Zach Britton at the sign of Familia. If you get one of those guys and you got and you team up with Familia and Diaz for the seventh, seventh, eighth, and ninth inning with this pitching staff that you have here. Uh, sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. You got four capable starters who will go six innings. You got Syndergaard, DeGrom, and Wheeler who will possibly go seven innings. The stress of the bullpen will not be as much as it would be on any other team because these, these starting pitchers will go deep into games. They're not here for five innings, six innings, and you pull them out. So I think the, I think the Brody needs to go for. I prefer to go to Andrew Miller because he's done it. He's done it in New York. Um, but if you get either Miller or Britton to put him um, with Familia and um, Diaz, the Mets will be in good shape. And only the thing the thing the thing I have here is one thing I like Brody to do is get try to find a way to get rid of Vargas and try to get to find a way to get rid of Frazier. They're useless to the team as it is right now. Even though they said Frazier's going to be start be the starting third baseman, in my opinion, they should have McNeil be the starting third baseman since he's been moved out of at a, um, second second base because of Cano. Move Neil to third base. Let him start the season there, and go from there. Why why mess with Frazier? He's a, he's a two twenty hitter. Who 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 just hits home runs? We don't we we have nothing. We have, I'm tired of that on this team. We need better players. We need guys who hit for average, guys who hit hit doubles, home runs, and just drives in runs when when they need to be driven or driven in. The one thing that you know, the Brody and the Mets organization is is hell bent on having on Peter Alonso be the starting first baseman this year. My thing is great. If he does play well, he hits well. Great. What? But what do you do when when um, Cespedes comes back in July? What position is is he going to be playing? You sure you want a man who just had surgery in his both his heels to play playing in the outfield? He needs to be somewhere in the infield. And since you got Peter Alonso already there at first base, and and McNeil could be a kind of like a, a super a utility guy, the I think the position that Cespedes is going to end up be playing is third base. If his if his feet can hold up to that. That's the key. If his feet can hold up to play in third base, I think that's the position that he is going to be returning to. So, in my opinion, the Mets should be on should be um, on him to take some starting ground balls at third base, starting some ground balls at first base, also to get acclimated with the positions um, up until and when the time comes when he comes back. If, if Cespedes comes back to this team, and let's say the team is staying. Standing pat as it is, with uh, with the addition of possibly Adam Jones, you already have Robinson Cano. 
Cespedes, Cespedes coming back coming back to this team with that type of lineup is a very good a very good lineup, very deep lineup. And on top of that, you got defense up the you have great defense up the middle with these with these pitches. Something for the Mets to look to look to look into. Sign Adam Jones. Do I want Bryce Harper? Of course. Do I want Manny Machado? Of course. But signing one of them, one of those, I mean, really, when you sign, if you sign Manny Machado, you're pretty much blocking Cespedes from coming back to any position. So I think uh, Michael Conforto is going to have a resurgent season. So I think the lean, the lean is you hope to trade. You know, even I, I like Nemo. Nemo's a great leadoff hitter. He gets on base. He's Charlie Hustle. He runs hard. Even when he walks, he runs to the base. I want to keep Nemo on the team, but he has if he has to be a chip to get Real Muto, you get Real Muto, and you trade Rosario along with that, then you open the door to sign Bryce Harper to play right field. You get, you get another left-handed bat in the lineup, and then you wait till Cespedes comes back and fills in that hole in third base, where I think I believe he's going to be at third base. Then you sign a, um, a comparable shortstop to hold the fort until Jimenez comes up. You know, either Jose Reyes, Tulewiski, uh, Echeverria, one of those guys, just to hold it down until um, Jimenez is ready to come up and take take the starting position. If they don't make the trade for Real Muto, you either got to sign Grandal, Ramos, or even resign Devin, Devin Mezzarocco. Nothing wrong with that. I would be, I could live with that. I can live with that. So, guys, you definitely, guys, let me know what you think. Hit me up on Anchor. Um, also, my podcast is also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, this episode has been brought to you by Photos by Pascal. Please hit up my sister Pascal, Perfect43, on um, Instagram. She does photos for um, um, weddings, bar mitzvahs, christenings. Um, face shots, headshots, portfolio build, build up. That's your, that's the, that's the female, that's the girl for you. My sister Pascal, perfect forty, perfect forty three on, um, on Instagram. Uh, photos by Pascal, definitely hit her up. She's your hookup in regards to that. And um, like I said, guys, thanks for listening to this episode. I hit you, I hit you guys up uh, in, within the week for another episode. Peace. What's good, everybody? It's your man, Big Don, coming at you with a True Players Podcast, episode 19. Um, what we're going to talk about today is um, the, the Giants' um, recap of, la- of their last game against the Redskins, as well as their um, review for this game today against the Titans and what they should do. And also, I'm going to talk about the Jets' recap of both the Bills as well as the Texans' game that happened yesterday. And also, we're going to get into a lot of um, Met Hot Stove and moves that Brody Van Wagen has made. Um, we're going to start off with the Giants first. Um, the Giants are playing the Titans at MetLife Stadium at 1 p.m. today. Um, looks like Eli's, Eli may have bought himself another year with the Giants um, due to his great play. The Giants had won four out of five games since the bye, since their bye. And, um, I mean, he's playing better because he, has be- he had a better offensive line in front of him to protect him. He's able to make the reads he needs to make and make some make some plays. And um, also, you know, um, 
Ob um, Odell Beckham Jr. is out for the second game in a row. He won't be. He will not be playing against the Titans. Um, he was out against the, the Redskins also, and basically the Giants beat the Redskins. It was over, over from the first quarter on. The final score was. Uh, the final score was uh, forty to sixteen. Hold on one second, people. I have a little. Sorry about that. Yeah, the, the final score was 40 to 16. <laughs> As you hear in the background, I'll talk, I'll talk about the Knicks also. But yeah, um, yeah, the Giants beat the Redskins 40 to 16. Um, the game was over, over since the first quarter. Uh, for, um, Mark Sanchez threw a pick six early in the game, and that pretty much, set, pretty much set the tone. And this game was all about Saquon Barkley. He had 14 carries, 170 yards, and a TD. Um, one a big run. A big run that scored his TD. Um, he's playing great. Um, he's third in the league in rushing be, um, behind Eli- um, Ezekiel Elliott. And um, he's playing very well. The, I think he's going to be the, he's the face of the franchise, not OBJ. Saquon is the man. Also, um, during the game against the Redskins, Ingram had three receptions for 77 yards. Eli Manning was 14 of 22 for 197 yards and three TDs. Um... The Redskins um, couldn't move couldn't move the ball with Sanchez at quarterback, so they went to Josh Johnson, who came in and uh, got the Redskins moving. Uh, they scored 16 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, something that I'm not too um, too happy about because the Giants' defense is, is uh, uh, they're not good enough, and I think it probably cost them and probably cost them a, a, a playoff run in the end because they had leads against the Eagles. They blew that. They almost blew lead against the Bears. And end up winning in overtime. The defense not that good. I understand you. you there's a new, new, no new defensive alignment. They went from a four-three to a three-four, but I think close to the end of the season, you expect to see some improvements and adjustments made to that new defensive scheme. I just haven't seen it. Is it because of the bad secondary? Maybe. Is it because um, you have linebackers who can't cover tight ends? Maybe. But that's something that they have, they will have to take care of during the off season to improve that and give this team a, a chance to win. The offense is good as far as I'm concerned other than just just improve the offensive line. Um, like I said, Josh Ross came in and um, moved the Redskins about on the field. He's going to be starting the next uh, this, this week's game. It was San- Mark Sanchez didn't look like he was ready to play. Uh it's hard to have a guy come off the uh, come off the um, come, come off his couch to step in and play an NFL game. Yeah, Matt Barkley did against the Jets um, a few weeks ago, but you know that's once in a once in a once in a blue moon. And now I'm, I'm going to talk about the Jets. Um, two games I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about the Bills game. They came from behind and won, um, going for it on fourth down in the fourth quarter to get the win. Um, this is probably the first time I've seen Todd Bowles be a great coach to win a, win a football game in, in his four years of being as being a Jet coach. Um, but like I said, it's too late, too little, too late to save his job. He's gonna be there's there will be a new coach in, um, for the New York Jets for next year. The offense looked much better with Darnold at quarterback, and um, you know that's the we uh, I just hope we don't see Josh McCown again this season. Um, now let's get to the uh, the Jets versus um, the Texans game, which I, I watched that game from wire to wire yesterday. It was a very good game. 
I thought there was a point in the game that I thought the Texas Texas was going to pull away when it got up to sixteen to three in the second quarter. But um, Sam made a made a big um, two minute drill before halftime, gave the team some momentum. But the uh, the kicker Daniels um, missed the field missed the field goal, missed the extra point, and that's in the end really cost the Jets the game. Because those two points made a big difference. Instead of going, instead of going for possibly going for a game-winning field goal, they ended up having needing a touchdown to tie the game at the end of the game. Um, they were the Chesters were without Isaiah Crowell, who's on IR with an ankle injury. Anuno is out for the game with the injury. Um, the Chess lost Brandon Shell during that game game yesterday when a teammate rolled up on his knee. It looked looked like it may look like a major injury. He could be out for a while. Um, but Darnold, you know, I like how he made some moves in the pocket. He created more time in the pocket, even though he's being rushed by J.J. Watt and Clowney. And Texas got a great pass rush. It was going to be a tough game for them, but they, the Jets nearly won the game and should have won the game, in my opinion. Um, but this is Darnold, is Darnold is definitely the future of the New York Jets. There's no doubt in my mind that's, that's happening. What the Jets need to do is start um, get him a better, get him a head coach who can coach him better, as well as um, get more pieces around him to make this team successful. So that's that's what I'm going to say about that. Like I said, it, it was disappointing to see them lose, but also you saw a lot of hope in their future as far as in the quarterback position. And now um, what I'm going to do right now, I'm going to speak about the uh, New York Knicks. They had lost five in a row up until they came back and beat the Hornets on Friday night. Um, they were down 21 points at halftime and 15 points by at at the start of the fourth quarter. A lot of big contributions. Again, um, Emmanuel Moutier had dropped 34 points and pretty much was the focal man of the offense. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. didn't have a particularly good game, but he had made some big shots in the fourth quarter as well as um, overtime. An unsung hero is um, Cornette. He was on the he was on the team late last year and was playing in the G League. But since the Knicks were without um, Trier, Dotson, and Burke, he was forced into um, into action. As well as Mitchell Robinson got injured in the first quarter, first quarter, twisting his ankle, and um, he was forced into action and made some big shots, big shots in the fourth quarter, big three pointers, and big shots in the overtime. Also, Frank Nilakino also left the game with an injury to his leg. Also, so. That 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 was a big win. I, I was proud of the Knicks, but the one issue I have with the New York Knicks is they always have to they don't start fast enough. And they always when it comes to the after the halftime, they start building this mount this this comeback by playing defense harder, playing better defense and playing with more effort when they're down by like 10, 15 points. This team's not good enough to come back from that from those deficits all the time. And I would just, I just, me personally, I'd like for them to see them start the game with that defensive intensity and keep the defensive intensity for the entire game. That's something that um, Fisdale is going to have to work on with the guys. It's great to see um, Courtney Lee back on the back playing again. I believe this was his third game back, providing good contributions, uh, all around contributions defensively, rebounding, assists, um, and just overall veteran leadership for this young team. And I and you know I'm glad to see the Knicks are improving and doing well. All right, now this is where this is the nitty gritty of my of this episode of the episode 19 of the True Players podcast. I'm gonna talk about Mets hot stove and the moves that Brody Van Wagenen has made. 
I know I promised you guys I was going to give you an episode where, in which what I would do if I was GM, but this guy's beating me to the punch, um, as well as had some personal issues I had to deal with, as you know, through my previous um, episodes. So I wasn't able to give you guys that episode, but um, we're going to talk about Brody's moves here. Um, his first big move in the winter meetings in Vegas was he acquired uh, Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz from Seattle for Jay Bruce, Anthony Swarzak, and Gershon Bautista. In my opinion, this trade was all about Evan Diaz. They just had they just had to take um, on Cano's salary. The players, you know, they also gave up uh, two um, top minor league players in that deal also, in which I thought it was a bit too much, considering you're taking on most of Cano's contract. Um, they, they, if you, they didn't need to give up all, as many prospects as they needed because they needed the prospects to try to get JT Real Moto. But another, but I'm glad that Anthony Swarzak is not on the team anymore with his eight million dollar contract. He was a he was a bust. I don't think he was even good enough to even get earn that contract. To be honest with you, Jay Bruce, uh, I'm kind of 50-50 about him trading him as I thought I felt he had a value to the Mets still. But I also understand that they're trying to go with the youth move movement with um, Brandon Nemo um, in right field, and. Um, there's just rumors about Noah Syndergaard. They want to trade Noah Syndergaard. They had a three-team deal, which would have brought the, the Mets some JT Real Muto um, with the Yankees, Marlins, and Mets. Listen, Brody, don't try to trade Noah. Noah Noah's a New Yorker. He's, Noah Syndergaard's a New Yorker. He shows a lot of heart. Yeah, he struggled the past few seasons, but with the right tutelage and hopefully his mind is right, he's healthy, 100% healthy, he'll be able to give us a great season. Um, the way you, the way the team is being built right now, they're built to win now, not later. They're built to win right now, and I think Noah Syndergaard is part of that future. You keep that rotation together with um, with Degrom, Wheeler, Syndergaard, and Mats. You got yourself a very good rotation because it good rotation. Mats realizes realizes his potential and solidifies that that top four. I, I put my that top four against any team in the um, in the league. Any team in the league. As far as JT Realmuto, um, I mean, I'm st- I would still like to, to have him on the team because he's the best catching, best catcher right now in baseball. Right now, he's not Johnny Bench. He's not um, Mike Piazza. He's not Gary Carter. None of those guys. But right now, he's he's the top line catcher in the league. I believe the Mets should do whatever it takes to um, get him within reason. I'm not trading Conforto and Nemo for him. I'm leaning toward Conforto, Nemo, or and um, Rosario. I'm leaning towards just trading Nemo because I, I believe Michael, Michael Conforto, Conforto is a better player and he's going to be a better run producer than Nemo. Um, I, I could see, a, I, I could see, if I was a GM, I would do a package where I would try to use Nemo, um, trade Nemo and Rosario for Real Muto. And just to get the, just to um, get peak um, Jeter's interest and see what he thinks. Um, the problem is, you know, JT Raimondo is not the prime objective. I can live with um, signing um, Grandal, Wilson Ramos, or even re-signing Devin Mazzarocco. You know, you need a catcher who's a leader who could um, steer this pitching staff. To the right direction. I felt that the pitch that pitching staff pitched even better, and Mesrocco came onto the team. 
and um, I've and I felt that the team pitched a whole lot better. And it, there's only way, there's only one way to go up, improve, and do better. Um, but most importantly, you gotta you gotta keep your chips. If Real Moto, if if Jeter wants a Kings ran for J, JT Real Moto, just let him be. The team is fine where it is right now. I'm not in a rush trading Nemo. I'm not in a rush trading Rosario. But if the opportunity presents itself, you have to consider the opportunity of and the type of player you're getting back in return. You know. Let's just say for the sake of the argument, they do end up trading uh, Rosario and Re- Real Muto, J- uh, Rosario and Nemo for Real Muto. That creates an opening in right field, creates an opening in um, in center field, and it creates an opening in shortstop. Um, the Mets got a, a big time prospect in the minor leagues called um, his name is Jimenez, last name is Jimenez, who was touted as better as being um, the Ahmed Rosario at shortstop. He may not be ready to come up right now, but at least you, at least you could sign a shortstop to, to be a stopgate stop gate for him. Um, you guys may want to kill me, but I say, why don't you just re-sign um, Jose Reyes for 500 grand, and he could be the stopgate up until up until um, Jimenez is ready to come up. Reason being is um, I, Jose Reyes may be at the end of his career, but I think him being focused on one position now, I think he'd be a, a much more focused offensive player. Um, and he may may surprise us with a good, with a decent season. May surprise us with a decent season. And um, or you could just sign Tula Whiskey, who who just was released by the uh, the Blue Jays. But one concern about him, just like Reyes, is injuries, injuries, injuries. And these guys are older now. So how soon, if they get injured, where do you, where do you go from there? So. That's something the Mets, the Mets should consider. That's something I'm thinking about myself. And also Adam Jones of the Baltimore Orioles. He's a free agent now. And I think he should he could be a great um, pickup in center, to play center field for the Mets. I know he had some two bad down years. But, I, but considering the type of team he was playing for, maybe the motivation wasn't there. Maybe he needed a, a change of scenery. And I'm just hoping that the change of scenery will be able to bring him back to his all-star form. And um, perform for the Mets, and I think I believe the Mets should pursue that, give him a decent contract, and, and go from there. Then you got your said the fielder, you know. Um, Jerry's Familia was just re- was has is returning to the Mets without a three-year, thirty million dollar contract. Fans are not happy with that. They call him a choke artist. They felt that um, he cost them the World Series. Let me tell you something. Jerry's Familia only cost the Mets two playoff games. That the first playoff game they cost them was the game one in against Kansas City in the World Series when he quick pitched Alex, Alex Gordon, and also the the um the wild card playing game in 2016 when he gave up the home run, the three run home run. That broke the, the broke the game open, in that fantastic duel between Bumgarner and Syndergaard. Jerry Springer is is a, is, a, is a good reliever. The pressure pressure from pitching in the ninth inning is no longer there. That's Edwin Diaz's um job. And it's also good to have a backup backup there also, just in case Edwin Diaz can't handle the pressures of New York. Remember, he's come from Seattle, where he closed 51 games in Seattle. Or 51 and 54 games in Seattle. He's coming to New York. It's a different different beast, different animal. It's good to have someone back there who's experiencing closing games in New York as a backup to him, in case he starts to falter. But I, I honestly don't think he will. Um, he has his buddy Cano with him to give him some guidance through the guidance through the uh of going through new york and um 
that's what I'm saying about that. I'm I'm I'm, I'm happy with the Jewish familiar signing. The Mets lost because of oversight by um, by Terry Collins. He didn't he didn't manage his best games in the World Series. That's the reason why the Mets lost twenty the, the World Series in 2015. And um, but Brody has said that this is he this is it for him with the bullpen. But I think he needs to do more. Let's not finish there. If you're gonna if you're gonna spend all this cash, you're gonna make these big deals. Just go for go for it all. And they should still go after go after either Miller or Zach Britton at the sign of Familia. If you get one of those guys and you got and you team up with Familia and Diaz for the seventh, seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, with this pitching staff that you have here, uh, the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit. You got four capable starters who will go six innings. You got Syndergaard, DeGrom, and Wheeler who will possibly go seven innings. The stress of the bullpen will not be as much as it would be on any other team because these these starting pitchers will go deep into games. They're not here for five innings, six innings, and you pull them out. So I think that, I think that Brody needs to go for. I prefer to go to Andrew Miller because he's done it. He's done it in New York. Um, but if you get either Miller or Britton to put him um, with Familia and um, Diaz, the Mets will be in good shape. And only the thing, the thing, the thing I have here is one thing I like Brody to do is get try to find a way to get rid of Vargas and try to get to find a way to get rid of Frazier. They're useless to the team as it is right now. Even though they said Frazier is going to be start be the starting third baseman, in my opinion, they should have McNeil be the starting third baseman since he's been moved out of at a um, second second base because of Cano. Move Neil to third base. Let him start the season there, and go from there. Why, why mess with Frazier? He's a, he's a 220 hitter who, who, who just hits home runs. We don't we, we have nothing. We have, I'm tired of that on this team. We need better players. We need guys who hit for average, guys who hit hit doubles, home runs, and just drives in runs when when they need to be driven or driven in. The one thing that you know, the Brody and the Mets organization is is hell bent on having. Um, Peter Lyons will be the starting first baseman this year. My thing is great. If he does play well, he hits well. Great. What? But what do you do when when um, Cespedes comes back in July? What position is is he going to be playing? You sure you want a man who just had surgery in his both his heels to play playing in the outfield? He needs to be somewhere in the infield. And since you got Peter Lyons already there at first base, and and McNeil could be a kind of like a, a, super, a utility guy. The, I think the position that Cespedes is going to end up be playing is third base. If his if his feet could hold up to that, that's the key. If his feet could hold up to playing third base, I think that's the position that he is going to be returning to. So, in my opinion, the Mets should be on should be um, on him to take some starting ground balls at third base, starting some ground balls at first base, also to get acclimated with the positions. Um, up until and when the time comes when he comes back, if, if Cespedes comes back to this team, and let's say the team is staying standing pat as it is with uh, with the addition of possibly Adam Jones, you already have Robinson Cano. Cespedes coming back coming back to this team with that type of lineup is a very good a very good lineup, very deep lineup. And on top of that, you got defense up the you have great defense up the middle with these with these pitches. Something for the Mets to look to look to look into. 
sign Adam Jones. Do I want Bryce Harper? Of course. Do I want Manny Machado? Of course. But signing one of them, one of those, I mean, really, when you sign, if you sign Manny Machado, you're pretty much blocking Cespedes from coming back to any position. So I think um, Michael Conforto is going to have a resurgent season. So I think the lean, the lean is you hope to trade. You know, even I, I like Nemo. Nemo's a great leadoff hitter. He gets on base. He's Charlie Hustle. He runs hard. Even when he walks, he runs to the base. I want to keep Nemo on the team, but he has if he has to be a chip to get Real Muto, you get Real Muto, and you trade Rosario along with that, then you open the door to sign Bryce Harper to play right field. You get, you get another left-handed bat in the lineup, and then you wait till Cespedes comes back and fills in that hole in third base, where I think like I believe he's going to be at third base. Then you sign a, um, a comparable shortstop to hold the fort until Jimenez comes up. You know, either Jose Reyes, Tulewiski, uh, Echeverria, one of those guys, just to hold it down until um, Jimenez is ready to come up and take take the starting position. If they don't make the trade for Real Muto, you either got to sign Grandal, Ramos, or even resign Devin, Devin Mezzarocco. Nothing wrong with that. I would be, I could live with that. I can live with that. So, guys, you definitely, guys, let me know what you think. Hit me up on Anchor. Um, also, my podcast is also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, this po- episode has been brought to you by Photos by Pascal. Please hit up my sister Pascal, Perfect43, on um, Instagram. She does vo- photos for um, um, weddings, bar mitzvahs, christenings. Um, face shots, headshots, portfolio build, build up. That's your, that's the, that's the female, that's the girl for you. My sister Pascal, perfect forty, perfect forty three on, um, on Instagram. Uh, photos by Pascal, definitely hit her up. She's your hookup in regards to that. And um, like I said, guys, thanks for listening to this episode. I hit you, I hit you guys up uh, in, within the week for another episode. Peace. What's good, everybody? It's your man, Big Don, coming at you with a True Players Podcast, episode 19. Um, what we're going to talk about today is um, the, the Giants' um, recap of, la- of their last game against the Redskins, as well as their um, review for this game today against the Titans and what they should do. And also, I'm going to talk about the Jets' recap of both the Bills as well as the Texans game that happened yesterday. And also, we're going to get into a lot of um, Met Hot Stove and moves that Brody Van Wagen has made. Um, we're going to start off with the Giants first. Um, the Giants are playing the Titans at MetLife Stadium at 1 p.m. today. Um, looks like Eli's, Eli may have bought himself another year with the Giants um, due to his great play. The Giants had won four out of five games since the bye, since their bye. And, um, I mean, he's playing better because he has be- he had a better offensive line in front of him to protect him. He's able to make the reads he needs to make and make some make some plays. And um, also, you know, um, OB, um, Odell Beckham Jr. is out for the second game in a row. He will, be, he will not be playing against the Titans. Um, he was out against the, the Redskins also. And basically, the Giants beat the Redskins. It was over, over from the first quarter on. The final score was... Uh, the final score was 40-16. Uh, 
Hold on one second, people. I have a little... Sorry about that. Yeah, the, the final score was 40 to 16. <laughs> As you hear in the background, I'm going to talk about the Knicks also. But, yeah, um, yeah, the Giants beat the Redskins 40 to 16. Um, the game was over, over since the first quarter. Uh, for, um... Mark Sanchez threw a pick six early in the game, and that pretty much, set, pretty much set the tone. And this game was all about Saquon Barkley. He had 14 carries, 170 yards, and a TD. Um, one a big run, a big run that scored his TD. Um, he's playing great. Um, he's third in the league in rushing be, um, behind Eli- um, Ezekiel Elliott, and um, he's playing very well. The, I think he's going to be the, he's the face of the franchise, not OBJ. Saquon is the man. Also, um, during the game against the Redskins, Ingram had three receptions for 77 yards. Eli Manning was 14 of 22 for 197 yards and three TDs. Um, the Redskins um, couldn't move couldn't move the ball with Sanchez at quarterback, so they went to Josh Johnson, who came in and uh, got the Redskins moving. Uh, they scored 16 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, something I'm not too um, too happy about because the Giants' defense is, is uh, uh, they're not good enough. And I think it probably cost them, and probably cost them a, a, a playoff run in the end, because they had leads against the Eagles. They blew that. They almost blew the lead against the Bears, and ended up winning in overtime. The defense is not that good. I understand you. you there's a new, new, no new defensive alignment. They went from a four-three to a three-four, but I think close to the end of the season, you expect to see some improvements and adjustments made to that new defensive scheme. I just haven't seen it. Is it because of the bad secondary? Maybe. Is it because um, you have linebackers who can't cover tight ends? Maybe. But that's something that they will have to take care of during the offseason to improve that and give this team a, a chance to win. The offense is good, as far as I'm concerned, other than just, just improve the offensive line. Um, like I said, Josh Johnson came in and um, moved the Redskins about on the field. He's going to be starting the next uh, this, this week's game. It was San- Mark Sanchez didn't look like he was ready to play. Uh, it's hard to have a guy come off the uh, come off the um, come, come off his couch to step in and play an NFL game. Yeah, Matt Barkley did against the Jets um, a few weeks ago, but you know that's once in a once in a once in a blue moon. And now I'm I'm going to talk about the Jets. Um, two games I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about the Bills game. They came from behind and won. Um, going for it on fourth down in the fourth quarter to get the win. Um, this is probably the first time I've seen Todd Bowles be a great coach to win a, win a football game in, in his four years of being as being a Jet coach. Um, but like I said, it's too late, too little, too late to save his job. He's gonna be there's, there will be a new coach in, um, for the New York Jets for next year. The offense looked much better with Darnold at quarterback, and. Um, you know that's the we. Uh, I just hope we don't see Josh McCown again this season. Um, now let's get to the uh, the Jets versus um, the Texans game, which I, I watched that game from wire to wire yesterday. It was a very good game. I thought there was a point in the game that I thought the Texas Texas was going to pull away when it got up to sixteen to three in the second quarter. But um, Sam made a made a big um, two minute drill before halftime, gave the team some momentum. But the uh, the kicker Daniels um, missed the field missed the field goal, missed the extra point, and that's in the end really cost the Jets the game. 
because those two points made a big difference. Instead of going, instead of going for possibly going for a game-winning field goal, they ended up having needing a touchdown to tie the game at the end of the game. Um, they were the Chesters were without Isaiah Crowell, who's on IR with an ankle injury. Anuno is out for the game with an injury. Um, the Chess lost Brandon Shell during that game game yesterday when a teammate rolled up on his knee. It looked looked like it may look like a major injury. He could be out for a while. Um, but Darnold, you know, I like how he made some moves in the pocket. He created more time in the pocket, even though he's being rushed by J.J. Watt and Clowney. And Texas got a great pass rush. It was going to be a tough game for them, but they, the Jets nearly won the game and should have won the game, in my opinion. Um, but this is Darnold, is, Darnold is definitely the future of the New York Jets. There's no doubt in my mind that's, that's happening. What the Jets need to do is start um, get him a better, get him a head coach who can coach him better, as well as um, get more pieces around him to make this team successful. So that's that's what I'm going to say about that. Like I said, it, it was disappointing to see them lose, but also you saw a lot of hope in their future as far as in the quarterback position. And now um, what I'm going to do right now, I'm going to speak about the uh, New York Knicks. They had lost five in a row up until they came back and beat the Hornets on Friday night. Um, they were down 21 points at halftime and 15 points by at, at the start of the fourth quarter. A lot of big contributions. Again, um, Emmanuel Moutier had dropped 34 points and pretty much was the focal man of the offense. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. didn't have a particularly good game, but he had made some big shots in the fourth quarter as well as um, overtime. An unsung hero is um, Cornette. He was, on the, he was on the team late last year and was playing in the G League. But since the Knicks were without um, Trier, Dotson, and Burke, he was forced into um, into action. As well as Mitchell Robinson got injured in the first quarter, first quarter, twisting his ankle. And um, he was forced into action and made some big shots. Big shots in the fourth quarter, big three-pointers, and big shots in the overtime. Also, Frank Nilakino also left the game with an injury to his leg also. So... That, that that was a big win. I, I was proud of the Knicks, but the one issue I have with the New York Knicks is they always have to they don't start fast enough. And they always when it comes to the after the halftime, they start building this mount this this comeback by playing defense harder, playing better defense and playing with more effort when they're down by like 10, 15 points. This team's not good enough to come back from that from those deficits all the time. And I would just, I just, me personally, I'd like for them to see them start the game with that defensive intensity and keep the defensive intensity for the entire game. That's something that um, Fisdale is going to have to work on with the guys. It's great to see um, Courtney Lee back on the back playing again. I believe this was his third game back, providing good contributions, uh, all around contributions, defensively, rebounding, assists, um, and just overall veteran leadership for this young team. And I and you know I'm glad to see the Knicks are improving and doing well. All right, now this is where this is the nitty gritty of my of this episode of the episode 19 of the True Players podcast. I'm gonna talk about Mets hot stove and the moves that Brody Van Wagenen has made. I know I promised you guys I was gonna give you an episode where, in which what I would do if I was GM, but this guy's beating me to the punch. Um, as well as had some personal issues I had to deal with, as you know, through my previous um, episodes. So I wasn't able to give you guys that episode. But um, we're going to talk about Brody's moves here. Um, 
His first big move in the winter meetings in Vegas was he acquired uh, Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz from Seattle for Jay Bruce, Anthony Swarzak, and Gershon Bautista. In my opinion, the, this trade was all about Edwin Diaz. They just had they just had to take um, on Cano's salary. The players, you know, they also give up uh, two um, top minor league players in that deal also, in which I thought it was a bit too much considering you taking on most of Cano's contract. Um, they, they, if you, they didn't need to give up all, as many prospects as they needed because they needed the prospects to try to get JT Real Moto. But another, but I'm glad that Anthony Swarzak is not on the team anymore with his eight million dollar contract. He was a he was a bust. I don't think he was even good enough to even get earn that contract. To be honest with you, Jay Bruce, uh, I'm kind of 50-50 about him trading him as I thought I felt he had a value to the Mets still. But I also understand that they're trying to go with the youth move movement with um, Brandon Nemo um, in right field, and. Um, there's just rumors about Noah Syndergaard. They want to trade Noah Syndergaard. They had a three-team deal, which would have brought the, the Mets some JT Real Muto um, with the Yankees, Marlins, and Mets. Listen, Brody, don't try to trade Noah. Noah Noah's a New Yorker. He's, Noah Syndergaard's a New Yorker. He shows a lot of heart. Yeah, he struggled the past few seasons, but with the right tutelage and hopefully his mind is right, he's healthy, 100% healthy, he'll be able to give us a great season. Um, the way you, the way the team is being built right now, they're built to win now, not later. They're built to win right now, and I think Noah Syndergaard is part of that future. You keep that rotation together with um, with Degrom, Wheeler, Syndergaard, and Mats. You got yourself a very good rotation because it good rotation. Mats realizes realizes his potential and solidifies that that top four. I, I put my that top four against any team in the um, in the league. Any team in the league. As far as JT Rilamuto, um, I mean, I'm st- I would still like to, to have him on the team because he's the best catching, best catcher right now in baseball. Right now, he's not Johnny Bench. He's not um, Mike Piazza. He's not Gary Carter. None of those guys. But right now, he's he's the top line catcher in the league. I believe the Mets should do whatever it takes to um, get him within reason. I'm not trading Conforto and Nemo for him. I'm leaning toward Conforto, Nemo, or and um, Rosario. I'm leaning towards just trading Nemo because I, I believe Michael, Michael Conforto, Conforto is a better player and he's going to be a better run producer than Nemo. Um, I, I could see a, I, I could see if I was a GM, I would do a package where I would try to use Nemo, um, trade Nemo and Rosario for Real Muto. And just to get the, just to um, get peak um, Jeter's interest and see what he thinks. Um, the problem is, you know, JT Rimondo is not the prime objective. I can live with um, signing um, Grandal, Wilson Ramos, or even re-signing Devin Mazzarocco. You know, you need a catcher who's a leader who could um, steer this pitching staff. To the right direction. I felt that the pitch the pitching staff pitched even better when Mazzarocco came onto the team. And um I've and I felt that the, the team pitched a whole lot better. And it there's only there's only one way to go up, improve and do better. Um, but most importantly, you gotta you gotta keep your chips 
If Real Moto, if if Jeter wants or Kings ran for J, JT Real Moto, just let him be. The team is fine where it is right now. I'm not in a rush of trading Nemo. I'm not in a rush of trading Rosario. But if the opportunity presented itself, you have to consider the opportunity of and the type of player you're getting back in return. You know? Let's just say for the sake of the argument, they do end up trading uh, Rosario and Re- Real Muto. J- uh, Rosario and Nemo for Real Muto. That creates an opening in right field, creates an opening in, um, in center field, and it creates an opening in shortstop. Um, the Mets got a, a big-time prospect in the minor leagues called, um, his name is Jimenez, last name is Jimenez, who was touted as better as being um, the Ahmed Rosario at shortstop. He may not be ready to come up right now, but at least you, at least you could sign a shortstop to, to be a stopgate stop gate for him. Um, you guys may want to kill me, but I say, why don't you just resign um, Jose Reyes for 500 grand, and he could be the stopgate up until, up until um, Jimenez is ready to come up. Reason being is, um, I, Jose Reyes may be at the end of his career, but I think him being focused on one position now, I think he'll be a, a much more focused offensive player. Um, and he may may surprise us with a good, with a decent season. May surprise us with a decent season. And um, or you could just sign Tula Whiskey, who who just was released by the uh, the Blue Jays. But one concern about him, just like Reyes, is injuries. Injuries, injuries, and these guys are older now. So how soon, if they get injured, where do you, where do you go from there? So that's something the Mets, the Mets should consider. That's something I'm thinking about myself. And also Adam Jones of the Baltimore Orioles. He's a free agent now, and I think he should he could be a great um, pickup in center to play center field for the Mets. I know he had some two bad down years, but I, but considering the type of team he was playing for, maybe the motivation wasn't there. Maybe he needed a change of scenery. And I'm just hoping that the change of scenery will be able to bring him back to his all-star form and um, perform for the Mets. And I think I believe the Mets should pursue that, give him a decent contract, and, and go from there. Then you got your set the fielder. You know? Um, Jerry's Familia was just re, was has is returning to the Mets who had a three-year, $30 million contract. Fans are not happy with that. They call him a choke artist. They felt that um, he cost them the World Series. Let me tell you something. Jerry's Familia only cost the Mets two playoff games. That the first playoff game they cost them was the game one in against Kansas City in the World Series when he quick pitched Alex, Alex Gordon, and also the the um, the wild card playing game in 2016 when he gave up the home run, the three run home run that broke the that broke the game open. In that fantastic duel between Bumgarner and Syndergaard, Jerry Springer is is a, is, a, is a good reliever. The pressure of, pressure from pitching in the ninth inning is no longer there. That's Edwin Diaz's um job, and it's also good to have a backup backup there also, just in case Edwin Diaz can't handle the pressures of New York. Remember, he's come from Seattle, where he, where he closed 51 games in Seattle, or 51 and 54 games in Seattle. He's coming to New York. It's a different different beast, different animal. It's good to have someone back there who's experiencing closing games in New York as a backup to him in case he starts to falter. But I, I honestly don't think he will. Um, he has his buddy Cano with him to give him some guidance through the guidance through the uh, of going through New York, and um, that's what I'm saying about that. I'm 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 happy with the Jerry's familiar signing. The Mets lost because of oversight by. Um, by Terry Collins, he didn't, he didn't manage his best games in the World Series. 
that's the reason why the Mets lost twenty the, the World Series in twenty fifteen. And um, but Brody has said that this is he this is it for him with the bullpen. But I think he needs to do more. Let's not finish there. If you're gonna you're gonna spend all this cash, you're gonna make these big deals. Just go for go for it all. And they should still go after go after either Miller or Zach Britton at the sign of Familia. If you get one of those guys. And you got and you team up with Familia and Diaz for the seventh, seventh, eighth, and ninth inning with this pitching staff that you have here. Uh, sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. You got four capable starters who will go six innings. You got Syndergaard, Degrom, and Wheeler who will possibly go seven innings. The stress of the bullpen will not be as much as it would be on any other team because these these starting pitchers will go deep into games. They're not here for five innings, six innings, and you pull them out. So I think th- I think the Brody needs to go for. I prefer to go to Andrew Miller because he's done it. He's done it in New York. Um, but if you get either Miller or Britton to put him um, with Familiar and um, Diaz, the Mets will be in good shape. And only the thing, the thing, the thing I have here is. One thing I like Brody to do is get try to find a way to get rid of Vargas and try to get to find a way to get rid of Frazier. They're useless to the team as it is right now, even though they said Frazier's gonna be start be the starting third baseman. In my opinion, they should have McNeil be the starting third baseman since he's been moved out of at a um, second second base because of Cano. Move Neil to third base, let him start the season there, and go from there. Why why mess with Frazier? He's a, he's a 220 hitter. Who, who, who just hits home runs? We don't. We, we have nothing. We have, I'm tired of that on this team. We need better players. We need guys who hit for average. Guys who hit hit doubles, home runs, and just drives in runs when when they need to be driven or driven in. The one thing that you know, the Brody and the Mets organization is is hell bent on having on Peter Alonso be the starting first baseman this year. My thing is great. If he does play well, he hits well. Great. What? But what do you do when when um, Cespedes comes back in July? What position is is he going to be playing? You sure you want a man who just had surgery in his both his heels to play playing in the outfield? He needs to be somewhere in the infield. And since you got Peter Alonso already there at first base, and and McNeil could be a kind of like a a, super, a utility guy. The, I think the position that Cespedes is going to end up be playing is third base, if his if his feet can hold up to that. That's the key. If his feet can hold up to playing third base, I think that's the position that he is going to be returning to. So, in my opinion, the Mets should be on should be um, on him to take some starting ground balls at third base, starting some ground balls at first base, also to get acclimated with the positions um, up until. And when the time comes when he comes back, if, if Cespedes comes back to this team, and let's say the team is staying, standing pat as it is with uh, with the addition of possibly Adam Jones, or you already have Robinson Cano, Cespedes coming back coming back to this team with that type of lineup is a very good very good lineup, very deep lineup. And on top of that, you got defense up the you have great defense up the middle with these with these pitches. Something for the Mets to look to look to look into. Sign Adam Jones. Do I want Bryce Harper? Of course. Do I want Manny Machado? Of course. But signing one of the, one of those, I mean, really, when you sign, if you sign Manny Machado, you're pretty much blocking Cespedes from coming back to any position. 
So I think uh, Michael Conforto is going to be a resurgent season. So I think the lean, the lean is you hope to trade. You know, A-Rod, I like Nemo. Nemo's a great leadoff hitter. He gets on base. He's Charlie Hustle. He runs hard. Even when he walks, he runs to the base. I want to keep Nemo on the team, but he has. if he has to be a chip to get Real Muto, you get Real Muto, and you trade Rosario along with that, then you open the door to sign Bryce Harper to play right field. You get, you get another left-handed bat in the lineup, and then you wait till Cespedes comes back and fills in that hole in third base, where I think like I believe he's going to be at third base. Then you sign a, um, a comparable shortstop to hold the fort until Jimenez comes up. You know, either Jose Reyes, Tula Whiskey, uh, Echeverria, one of those guys, just to hold it down until um, Jimenez is ready to come up and take take the starting position. If they don't make the trade for Real Muto, you either got to sign Grandal, Ramos, or even resign Devin, Devin Mezzarocco. Nothing wrong with that. I would be, I could live with that. I can live with that. So, guys, you definitely, guys, let me know what you think. Hit me up on Anchor. Um, also, my podcast is also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, this po- episode has been brought to you by Photos by Pascal. Please hit up my sister Pascal, Perfect43, on um, Instagram. She does vo- photos for um, um, weddings, bar mitzvahs, christenings. Um, face shots, headshots, portfolio build, build up. That's your, that's the, that's the female, that's the girl for you. My sister Pascal, perfect forty, perfect forty three on, um, on Instagram. Uh, photos by Pascal, definitely hit her up. She's your hookup in regards to that. And um, like I said, guys, thanks for listening to this episode. I hit you, I hit you guys up uh, in, within the week for another episode. Peace. What's good, everybody? It's your man, Big Don, coming at you with a True Players Podcast, episode 19. Um, what we're going to talk about today is um, the, the Giants' um, recap of, la- of their last game against the Redskins, as well as their um, review for this game today against the Titans and what they should do. And also, I'm going to talk about the Jets' recap of both the Bills as well as the Texans game that happened yesterday. And also, we're going to get into a lot of um, Met Hot Stove and moves that Brody Van Wagen has made. Um, we're going to start off with the Giants first. Um, the Giants are playing the Titans at MetLife Stadium at 1 p.m. today. Um, looks like Eli's, Eli may have bought himself another year with the Giants. Um, due to his great play, the Giants had won four out of five games since the bye, since their bye. And, um, I mean, he's playing better because he has be- he had a better offensive line in front of him to protect him. He's able to make the reads he needs to make and make some make some plays. And um, also, you know, um, OB, um, Odell Beckham Jr. is out for the second game in a row. He will, be, he will not be playing against the Titans. Um, he was out against the, the Redskins also. And basically, the Giants beat the Redskins. It was over, over from the first quarter on. The final score was... Uh, the final score was 40-16. Uh, Hold on one second, people. I have a little... Sorry about that. Yeah, the, the final score was 40 to 16. 
<laughs> As you hear the background, I'm talk, talk about the Knicks also. But yeah, um, yeah, the Giants beat the Redskins 40 to 16. Um, the game was over over since the first quarter. Uh, for, um, Mark Sanchez threw a pick six early in the game, and that pretty much set pretty much set the tone. And this game was all about Saquon Barkley. He had 14 carries, 170 yards, and a TD. Um, one a big run, a big run that scored his TD. Um, he's playing great. Um, he's third in the league in rushing, be, um, behind El- um, Ezekiel Elliott. And um, he's playing very well. The, I think he's going to be the, he's the face of the franchise, not OBJ. Saquon is the man. Also, um, during the game against the Redskins, Ingram had three receptions for 77 yards. Eli Manning was 14 of 22 for 197 yards and three TDs. Um, the Redskins um, couldn't move couldn't move the ball with Sanchez at quarterback, so they went to Josh Johnson, who came in and um, got the Redskins moving. Uh, they scored 16 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, something that I'm not too um, too happy about because the Giants' defense is, is uh, uh, they're not good enough, and I think it probably cost them and probably cost them a, a, a playoff run in the end because they had leads against the Eagles. They blew that. They almost blew the lead against the Bears and ended up winning in overtime. The defense is not that good. I understand you. you there's a new new no new defensive alignment. They went from a four three to a three four. But I think close to the end of the season, you expect to see some improvements and adjustments made to that new defensive scheme. I just haven't seen it. Is it because of the bad secondary? Maybe. Is it because um, you have linebackers who can't cover tight ends? Maybe. But that's something that they will have to take care of during the offseason to improve that and give this team a, a chance to win. The offense is good, as far as I'm concerned, other than just, just improve the offensive line. Um, like I said, Josh Johnson came in and um, moved the Redskins about on the field. He's going to be starting the next uh, this, this week's game. It was San- Mark Sanchez didn't look like he was ready to play. Uh, it's hard to have a guy come off the uh, come off the um, come, come off his couch to step in and play an NFL game. Yeah, Matt Barkley did against the Jets um, a few weeks ago, but you know that's once in a once in a once in a blue moon. And now I'm, I'm going to talk about the Jets. Um, two games we're, we're, I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about the Bills game. They came from behind and won. Um, going for it on fourth down in the fourth quarter to get the win. Um, this is probably the first time I've seen Todd Bowles be a great coach to win a, win a football game in, in his four years of being as being a Jet coach. Um, but like I said, it's too late, too little, too late to save his job. He's going to be. There's, there will be a new coach in, um, for the New York Jets for next year. The offense looked much better with Darnold at quarterback, and um, you know that's the. We, uh, I just hope we don't see Josh McCown again this season. Um, now let's get to the uh, the Jets versus um, the Texans game, which I, I watched that game from wire to wire yesterday. It was a very good game. I thought there was a point in the game that I thought the Texas Texas was going to pull away when it got up to sixteen to three. In the second quarter, but um, Sam made a made a big um, two-minute drill before halftime, gave the team some momentum. But the uh, the kicker Daniels um, missed the field missed the field goal, missed the extra point, and that's in the end really cost the Jets the game because those two points made a big difference. Instead of going f- instead of going for a, possibly going for a game-winning field goal, they ended up 
have needing a touchdown to tie the game at the end of the game. Um, they were the Chesters were without Isaiah Crowell, who's on IR with an ankle injury. Anuno is out for the game with an injury. Um, the Chess lost Brandon Shell during that game game yesterday when a teammate rolled up on his knee. It looked looked like it may look like a major injury. He could be out for a while. Um, but Darnold, you know, I like how he made some moves in the pocket. He created more time in the pocket, even though he's being rushed by J.J. Watt and Clowney. And Texas got a great pass rush. It was going to be a tough game for them, but they, the Jets nearly won the game and should have won the game, in my opinion. Um, but this is Darnold, is, Darnold is definitely the future of the New York Jets. There's no doubt in my mind that's that's happening. What the Jets need to do is start um, get him a better, get him a head coach who can coach him better, as well as um, get more pieces around him to make this team successful. So that's that's what I'm going to say about that. Like I said, it, it was disappointing to see them lose, but also you saw a lot of hope in their future as far as in the quarterback position. And now um, what I'm going to do right now, I'm going to speak about the uh, New York Knicks. They had lost five in a row up until they came back and beat the Hornets on Friday night. Um, they were down 21 points at halftime and 15 points by at, at the start of the fourth quarter. A lot of big contributions. Again, um, Emmanuel Moutier had dropped 34 points and pretty much was the focal man of the offense. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. didn't have a particularly good game, but he had made some big shots in the fourth quarter as well as um, overtime. An unsung hero is um, Cornette. He was on the he was on the team late last year, and was playing in the G League. But since the Knicks were without um, Trier, Dotson, and Burke, he was forced into um, into action. As well as Mitchell Robinson got injured in the first quarter, first quarter, twisting his ankle, and um, he was forced into action. He made some big shots, big shots in the fourth quarter, big three pointers, and big shots in the overtime. Also, Frank Nilakino also left the game with an injury to his leg. Also, so. That, that that was a big win. I, I was proud of the Knicks, but the one issue I have with the New York Knicks is they always have to they don't start fast enough. And they always when it comes to the after the halftime, they start building this mount this this comeback by playing defense harder, playing better defense and playing with more effort when they're down by like 10, 15 points. This team's not good enough to come back from that from those deficits all the time. And I would just, I just, me personally, I'd like for them to see them start the game with that defensive intensity and keep the defensive intensity for the entire game. That's something that um, Fisdale's gonna have to work on with the guys. It's great to see um, Courtney Lee back on the back playing again. I believe this was his third game back, providing good contributions, uh, all around contributions, defensively, rebounding, assists, um, and just overall veteran leadership for this young team. And I and you know I'm glad to see the Knicks are improving and doing well. All right, now this is where this is the nitty gritty of my of this episode of the episode 19 of the True Players podcast. I'm gonna talk about Mets hot stove and the moves that Brody Van Wagenen has made. I know I promised you guys that I was gonna give you an episode where, in which what I would do if I was GM, but this guy's beating me to the punch. Um, as well as had some personal issues I had to deal with, as you know, through my previous um, episodes. So I wasn't able to give you guys that episode. But um, we're going to talk about Brody's moves here. Um, his first big move in the winter meetings in Vegas was he acquired uh, Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz from Seattle for Jay Bruce, Anthony Swarzak, and Gershon Bautista. 
in my opinion, the, this trade was all about Evan Diaz. They just had they just had to take um, on Cano's salary. The players, you know, they also give up uh, two um, top minor league players in that deal, also, in which I thought it was a bit too much, considering you taking on most of Cano's contract. Um, they, they, if you, they didn't need to give up all, as many prospects as they needed because they needed the prospects to try to get JT Real Muto. But another, but I'm glad that Anthony Swarzak is not on the team anymore with his eight million dollar contract. He was a he was a bust. I don't think he was even good enough to even get earn that contract. To be honest with you, Jay Bruce, uh, I'm kind of 50-50 about him trading him as I thought I felt he had a value to the Mets still. But I also understand that they're trying to go with the youth move movement with um, Brandon Nemo um, in right field, and. Um, there's just rumors about Noah Syndergaard. They want to trade Noah Syndergaard. They had a three-team deal, which would have brought the, the Mets some JT Real Muto um, with the Yankees, Marlins, and Mets. Listen, Brody, don't try to trade Noah. Noah Noah's a New Yorker. He's, Noah Syndergaard's a New Yorker. He shows a lot of heart. Yeah, he struggled the past few seasons, but with the right tutelage and hopefully his mind is right, he's healthy, 100% healthy, he'll be able to give us a great season. Um, the way you, the way the team is being built right now, they're built to win now, not later. They're built to win right now, and I think Noah Syndergaard is part of that future. You keep that rotation together with um, with Degrom, Wheeler, Syndergaard, Mats. You got yourself a very good rotation because it good rotation. Mats realizes realizes his potential and solidifies that that top four. I, I put my that top four against any team in the um, in the league. Any team in the league. As far as JT Realmuto, um, I mean, I'm st- I would still like to, to have him on the team because he's the best catching, best catcher right now in baseball. Right now, he's not Johnny Bench. He's not um, Mike Piazza. He's not Gary Carter. None of those guys. But right now, he's he's the top line catcher in the league. I believe the Mets should do whatever it takes to um, get him within reason. I'm not trading Conforto and Nemo for him. I'm leaning toward Conforto, Nemo, or and um, Rosario. I'm leaning towards just trading Nemo because I, I believe Michael, Michael Conforto, Conforto is a better player and he's going to be a better run producer than Nemo. Um, I, I could see a, I, I could see if I was a GM, I would do a package where I would try to use Nemo, um, trade Nemo and Rosario for Real Muto. And just to get the, just to um, get peak um, Jeter's interest and see what he thinks. Um, the problem is, you know, JT Rimondo is not the prime objective. I can live with um, signing um, Grandal, Wilson Ramos, or even resigning Devin Mazzaracco. You need a, you need a catcher who's a leader who could um, steer this pitching staff to the right direction. I felt that the pitch that pitching staff pitched even better and Mez Rocco came onto the team. And um I've and I felt that the team pitched a whole lot better. And it there's only way there's only one way to go up, improve and do better. Um, but most importantly you gotta you gotta keep your chips. If Real Moto if if Jeter wants or Kings ran for J, JT Real Moto, just let him be. The team is fine where it is right now. I'm not in a rush trading Nemo. I'm not in a rush trading Rosario. But if the opportunity presented itself, you have to consider 
the opportunity of and the type of play you're getting back in return. You know? Let's just say for the sake of the argument, they do end up trading uh, Rosario and Re- Real Muto, J- uh, Rosario and Nemo for Real Muto. That creates an opening in right field, creates an opening in, um, in center field, and it creates an opening in shortstop. Um, the Mets got a, a big-time prospect in the Miley League called, um, his name is Jimenez, last name is Jimenez, who was touted as better as being um, the Ahmed Rosario at shortstop. He may not be ready to come up right now, but at least you, at least you could sign a shortstop to be a stopgate stop gate for him. Um, you guys may want to kill me, but I say, why don't you just resign um, Jose Reyes for 500 grand, and he could be the stopgate up until up until um, Jimenez is ready to come up. Reason being is um, I, Jose Reyes may be at the end of his career, but I think him being focused on one position now, I think he'll be a, a much more focused offensive player. Um, and he may may surprise us with a good, with a decent season. May surprise us with a decent season. And um, or you could just sign Tula Whiskey, who who just was released by the uh, the Blue Jays. But one concern about him, just like Reyes, is injuries, injuries, injuries. And these guys are older now. So how soon, if they get injured, where do you, where do you go from there? So. That's something the Mets should consider. That's something I'm thinking about myself. And also Adam Jones of the Baltimore Orioles. He's a free agent now. And I think he should he could be a great um, pickup in center to play center field for the Mets. I know he had some two bad down years, but I, but considering the type of team he was playing for, maybe the motivation wasn't there. Maybe he needed a, a change of scenery. And I'm just hoping that the change of scenery will be able to bring him back to his all-star form. And um, perform for the Mets, and I think I believe the Mets should pursue that, give him a decent contract, and, and go from there. Then you got your said the fielder, you know. Um, Jerry's familiar was just re- was has is returning to the Mets without a three year, thirty million dollar contract. Fans are not happy with that. They call him a choke artist. They felt that um, he cost them the World Series. Let me tell you something. Jerry's familiar only cost the Mets two playoff games. That the first playoff game they cost them was the game one in against Kansas City in the World Series when he quick pitched Alex, Alex Gordon, and also the the um the wild card playing game in 2016 when he gave up the home run, the three run home run. That broke the broke the game open, in that fantastic duel between Bumgarner and Syndergaard. Jerry Springer is a, is a, is a good reliever. The pressure of, pressure from pitching in the ninth inning is no longer there. That's Edwin Diaz's um job. And it's also good to have a backup backup there also, just in case Edwin Diaz can't handle the pressures of New York. Remember, he's come from Seattle, where he, where he closed 51 games in Seattle, or 51 or 54 games in Seattle. He's coming to New York. It's a different different beast, different animal. It's good to have someone back there who's experiencing closing games in New York as a backup to him, in case he, he starts to falter. But I, I honestly don't think he will. Um, he has his buddy Cano with him to give him some guidance through the guidance through the uh of going through new york and um that's what i'm saying about that i'm i'm, I'm happy with the jurist familiar signing the mess laws because um oversight by um by terry collins he didn't he didn't manage his best games in the world series that's the reason why the mess lost 20 the, the world series in 2015 and um, but Brody has said that this is he, this is it for him with the bullpen. But I think he needs to do more. Let's not finish there. If you're gonna you're gonna spend all this cash, you're gonna make these big deals. 
just go for go for it all. And they should still go after go after either Miller or Zach Britton at the sign of Familia. If you get one of those guys and you got and you team up with Familia and Diaz for the seventh, seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, with this pitching staff that you have here, uh, sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. You got four capable starters who will go six innings. You got Syndergaard, DeGrom, and Wheeler who will possibly go seven innings. The stress of the bullpen will not be as much as it would be on any other team because these, these starting pitchers will go deep into games. They're not here for five innings, six innings, and you pull them out. So I think th- I think that Brody needs to go for. I prefer to go to Andrew Miller because he's done it. He's done it in New York. Um, but if you get either Miller or Britton to put him um, with Familiar and um, Diaz, the mess will be in good shape. And only the thing, the thing, the thing I have here is. One thing I like Brody to do is get try to find a way to get rid of Vargas and try to get to find a way to get rid of Frazier. They're useless to the team as it is right now, even though they said Frazier's gonna be start be the starting third baseman. In my opinion, they should have McNeil be the starting third baseman since he's been moved out of at a um, second second base because of Cano. Move Neil to third base, let him start the season there, and go from there. Why why mess with Frazier? He's a, he's a 220 hitter. Who, who, who just hits home runs? We don't. We, we have nothing. We have, I'm tired of that on this team. We need better players. We need guys who hit for average. Guys who hit hit doubles, home runs, and just drives in runs when when they need to be driven or driven in. The one thing that you know, the Brody and the Mets organization is is hell bent on having on Peter Alonso be the starting first baseman this year. My thing is great. If he does play well, he hits well. Great. What? But what do you do when when um, Cespedes comes back in July? What position is is he going to be playing? You sure you want a man who just had surgery in his both his heels to play playing in the outfield? He needs to be somewhere in the infield. And since you got Peter Alonso already there at first base, and and McNeil could be a kind of like a a, super, a utility guy. I think the position that Cespedes is going to end up be playing is third base. If his if his feet could hold up to that, that's the key. If his feet could hold up to playing third base, I think that's the position that he is going to be returning to. So, in my opinion, the mess should be on should be um, on him to take some starting ground balls at third base, starting some ground balls at first base, also to get acclimated with the positions um, up until. And when the time comes when he comes back, if, if Cespedes comes back to this team, and let's say the team is staying, standing pat as it is with uh, with the addition of possibly Adam Jones, you already have Robinson Cano. Cespedes coming back, coming back to this team with that type of lineup is a very good, very good lineup, very deep lineup. And on top of that, you got defense up the, you have great defense up the middle with these with these pitchers. Something for the Mets to look to look to look into. Sign Adam Jones. Do I want Bryce Harper? Of course. Do I want Maddie Machado? Of course. But signing one of the, one of those, I mean, really, when you sign, if you sign Manny Machado, you're pretty much blocking Cespedes from coming back to any position. So I think uh, Michael Conforto is going to be a resurgent season. So I think the lean the lean is you hope to trade. You know, even I, I like Nemo. Nemo's a great leadoff hitter. He gets on base. He's Charlie Hustle. 
He runs hard even when he walks. He runs to the base. I want to keep him on the team, but he has. If he has to be a chip to get Real Muto, you get Real Muto, and you trade Rosario along with that. Then you open the door to sign Bryce Harper to play right field. You get you get another left-handed bat in the lineup, and then you wait till Cespedes comes back and fills in that hole in third base, where I think like I believe he's going to be at third base. Then you sign a, um, a comparable shortstop to hold the fort until Jimenez comes up. You know, either Jose Reyes, Tula Whiskey, uh, Echeverria, one of those guys, just to hold it down until um, Jimenez is ready to come up and, and take take the starting position. If they don't make the trade for Real Muto, you either got to sign Grandal, Ramos, or even resign Devin, Devin, Devin Mezzarocco. Nothing wrong with that. I would be, I could live with that. I can live with that. So, guys, you definitely, guys, let me know what you think. Hit me up on Anchor. Um, also, my podcast is also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, this po- episode has been brought to you by Photos by Pascal. Please hit up my sister Pascal, Perfect43, on um, Instagram. She does vo- photos for um, um, weddings, bar mitzvahs, christenings. Um, face shots, headshots, portfolio build, build up. That's your, that's the, that's the female, that's the girl for you. My sister Pascal, perfect forty, perfect forty three on, um, on Instagram. Uh, photos by Pascal, definitely hit her up. She's your hookup in regards to that. And um, like I said, guys, thanks for listening to this episode. I hit you, I hit you guys up uh, in, within the week for another episode. Peace.